live. The phones are open here, as always. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. And you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. And, uh, of course, we're here to talk to you about whatever you want, but... We always bring things to the table that we think you might find interesting. And one of the stories that we've just been kind of covering uh, for the last, most of the last year has been this. Definitely. It really kicked off, I think, during Fort Fest. Yeah. yeah. It was the summer of last year. When Lambda was first leaked as being, or right before Fork Fest, Lambda mm-hmm. was leaked as being, uh, what was what's the word I'm looking for? Sentient. Sentient. Yeah. yeah. The Google chat bot creator of chatbots from Google. Uh, and we're going to get into Google's news because there is some news about their development of AI and you know, the potential for people to be able to interact with it and such. But artificial so-called intelligence, uh, we've talked about the uh, the art generation aspect of it, which is pretty fun and pretty interesting. And pretty good. And really good. And then there's, uh, we covered briefly the AI-generated music and... That's not so good at this point. I haven't messed with it. Maybe a musician could make something better happen with it than, but maybe I I don't know. It needs some work. Uh, But you know, these things are pretty early on. All things considered, they're going to get there. It's not going to be as streamlined or as intelligent like an AI art generation bot. You could tell it, "Hey, I want a a skeleton standing on a cliff or whatever," and it mm -hmm. will understand that. But if you tell it, "Hey, I want a song about a skeleton standing on a cliff," it's not going to have any idea what to do with that. I, I presume. I mean, it, we only spent like one brief episode talking about that aspect of it because it really wasn't that interesting. But then there's also the chat uh, robots that are out there, and we've explored a few of them. There was one from Meta. There's another one called uh, Replica. There's mm-hmm. one called Emerson. There's this chat GPT thing that has really kind of taken uh, the world by storm to some extent in recent months. And... It's been pretty fascinating. But one of the things that kind of uh, got this whole thing started before the summer of last year was the idea of deep fakes. And deep fakes have been kind of out there for a few years now, at least publicly. People have been taking um, actors' faces and then trans- in, uh, transposing them onto other actors' bodies. Yeah, I wanted to run a deep fake for mayor here in Keene. But you know, I, I ended up not having the time and the resources and the energy to like do that. But You do that- still have to have some pretty impressive processing capabilities I think. also true I, I probably would not have been able to pull it off but the idea was there and that would have been a lot of fun to just make this normal john everyman kind of person to run for mayor in keen and this is not even a real person it could happen at some point i mean right. it's an interesting idea probably something that someone else will run with at some point and I then hope so. and then it'll make headlines but uh the deep fake technology is pretty amazing and it's if you saw the um, the Trump one that the folks from South Park did a couple of years ago, and what was it called? Sassy Justice. That's what it was called. They made like a full-on 14-minute long uh, short film, which starred Donald Trump as this investigative reporter in like a Montana or Wyoming town or something like that. And it involved other people as well that were deepfakes. They had Mark Zuckerberg uh, in there in one of the roles. And then I think Julie Andrews uh, as well, the actress, who's I think deceased at this point. But young, young Julie Andrews was uh, was in it. So the whole point of it was just to show off how impressive 
this and it wasn't animated. Was, it was like it was it was actual humans. Wow. Well, not actual uh, right. humans, but generated humans by this deep fake technology. It was the point of it was just to show off what they could do. You know, they threw a few million bucks at uh, the production and they came out with an amazing thing. So, you know, the one of the things that the deep fakes were missing was the audio. You had to get somebody who sounded like the person in order to do the audio track for the video. The video looked like Donald Trump in this role as this TV reporter with different hair. and But it didn't, you know, it wasn't Donald Trump actually doing the voice, and it wasn't an AI-generated Donald Trump doing the voice. It was somebody who was a Trump impersonator basically doing the voice, if I recall correctly. But now we could have an AI doing the voice of Donald Trump. Yes. In fact, last night, uh, Bonnie and I were talking about the... You know, the AI technology getting to the point where we're not going to be able to tell what is real. Like, we're on the cusp of that right now. It it is to the point where the technology exists to be able to duplicate somebody's voice. And the news was last night that we were sharing was that Microsoft has now gotten it down using their AI technology to where all you need is a three-second clip of somebody's voice, and they claim they can get all the intonations and all the subtleties <laughs> of that person's voice from just a three-second clip. So it used to be you that's had to provide— That's crazy. I, I don't doubt it, but man, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, so prior to that announcement, it used to be that you had to provide significant data input, significant recordings. You know, The longer you had, the, the better it was going to be, obviously. But now they're saying three seconds is all they need. So that's amazing, right? That yeah, is that's stunning. Incredible. And so the so these AI generative systems for graphics, video, for audio, uh, they've always, you know, the more data you can give to it, the more accurate generally it's going to be. And so we're in a place right now where the only reason why this isn't more of a problem and more commonplace is simply because it hasn't caught on yet. Simply because the tools are still being developed to some extent. But many of them are out there. Many of them have been released. Many of them are available to be utilized. And that's where we start this story about... I would also think it's expensive, is it not? It's to... not that expensive. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, now, I have not used the tools that they're about to tell us about here in this story. Actually, I don't even think they tell you specifically what the tools are. But I suspect all you got to do is look and you'll find them. This is about AI-generated deepfake pornography. And let me, before I get into this, I'll give you an example of the, um, how good, I'm not going to play it because it's too profane, but Vincent, a former co-host of ours, sent me a link last night after our show to a fake Donald Trump audio clip where, well, purportedly fake, where he's talking about going to Epstein's Island and watching Bill Clinton have sex with the teenage girls and sure. and uh, <laughs> sacrificing them to some dark lord or something like that and just you know talking about how he was high on heroin the whole time. And it really sounds like Donald Trump. So, like, yeah, it's there. I don't doubt it. This technology is there. The audio is doable. The video is doable. It's all completely there. And now it's just a matter of more and more people getting their hands on this and being able to make people like Donald Trump or Joe Biden or your mother or father with again with a three second clip is all they need to say anything you want them to say and put them in any kind of circumstance with video as we're going to find out here. So here's the story from Yahoo News and I guess this is the UK Independent. 
A man sits close to a microphone stand. Tears fill his eyes. He puts his head in his hands. It's so embarrassing, he says. It's gross, and I'm sorry. Behind him, his wife wipes away tears with a crumpled tissue. A few days earlier, Brandon Ewing, known as Atrioc to his followers, on the streaming platform Twitch, had shared his screen during a live video. Oh, I heard about this. And he was watching a fake porn of some friend of his. I some mean, other uh, Twitch be, stars, yeah, apparently. Uh, well, he's it's like the girl's boyfriend is supposed to be his best friend. She They baked him a cake for his wedding oh, and really? didn't charge him or something like that. So it was really shady of him to have been watching this in the first place. And Interesting. This, this dude, her boyfriend, spends lots of money getting her image and her fake you know, pictures and videos scrubbed from all of these websites. And then his best friend allegedly mm. is out there watching the videos. Oof. Yeah. It's kind of screwed up. That's well, the extent of what I know about it. I don't know any of these people's names. Yep. I just watched it play out on Twitter. Well, apparently his name is Atrioc. Uh, that's his username. One of the visible open tabs showed a paid access porn site specializing in AI-generated sexual images, otherwise known as deepfakes. Viewers of the stream screenshotted the leak, then widely shared the site, images from it, and the names of the women who were deepfaked. Ewing had accidentally revealed he had been looking at deep fake pornography of two other popular Twitch uh, streamers, Maya Higa and Pokimane. Neither had consented to their likenesses being used for sexually explicit material. Well, it's not really something you can consent to or not consent to. It's Indeed. You don't have any control over what someone chooses to draw. That is the point of this whole discussion is people are getting upset. Well, that about sucks this. for them. And I'm sorry that this is frustrating for you, but as you pointed out, Arya, your image is out there. You are, you wanted the attention, right? Like you decided, oh, I'm going to make money by streaming video games online. I'm going to go put my face on Twitch and have millions of viewers. I I know the name Pokimane because somebody called in years ago and pretended to be her when they called our show <laughs> and nice. we kind of interviewed the fake uh, Pokemon right. caller. And so I, I know she's a very popular Twitch streamer. She is. And you're absolutely right. There are Twitch streamers out there who don't ever put their voice on stream, who don't ever put their face on stream. Mm. It's just them playing a video game. And it's they tre- can't be very popular. It's tremendously dull. No one watches yeah, it because right. it's not entertaining. Right. So but yeah, you want to connect, quote unquote, connect, even though they don't know who you are. You want to know who that person is. Yeah, you that parasocial s- relationship. You want right. to exploit that as the content creator. And you as the viewer want to see that person react. That's why it's useful to see their image on the, yeah. the screen if they're scared at a horror game you want to see them jump back and shriek or or if they're you know whatever that kind yeah, of a lot thing, of right? them are just basically actors i don't know if that's true i mean they may be giving genuine reactions when they're i think they play uh, them up these. that's a lot of true. times yeah knowing that it gets more results so she put herself on these girls put themselves on the internet and there's a lot mm-hmm. of video of them there's a lot of imagery of them out there and on the one hand it has made the, a career for them they have become successful live streamers doing something that many people wish they could do you know wish they could make money by playing video games online but the dark side of it is is you've exposed your image to the internet yeah so like it's a double edged sword we- I don't know how to tell her this either but the people watching this part of this fake this AI porn of her, they don't need the porn in order to do what it is they're doing to That's her true. image. Yeah. It just makes it easier. Right. I mean, in the old days, someone would do it the hard way by taking a still frame of the person, going into Photoshop, 
cutting their head out and finding yeah. a matching image of uh, or a close enough matching image to some porn actress of which there are millions and then put pasting and making it look like that was originally the the girl in question the uh, the the streamer or whoever yeah that's existed for a long right. time that's been going on a long time but it did take some kind of you know effort it took some kind of expertise at photoshop you had to be good at it to make it yeah. look uh like it melded well with the original photo uh, now the uh, computer can just do it for you. Now there's websites, apparently, that will just do it for you. Ewing said in his apology video, quote, I, I got morbidly curious and I clicked something. Yes, and then he accidentally paid, put in his credit mm-hmm. card information and accidentally signed up for this website. He, he ins- tripped and fell, you see. He insisted he'd navigated to a deep, fi- a deep fake site from an advertisement on Pornhub, which took him to another subscriber-only website. There, he paid to view the doctored images of the female streamers. Quote, there's an ad on every effing video, so I know other people must be clicking it, he said. He also denied that his viewing of non-consensual porn was a pattern of behavior. Yet, despite clearly attempting to write off the incident as a dumb rookie mistake that would be easy for anyone to make, he also declared his behavior embarrassing and disgusting. I mean, this is really easy. Before you go live, you should always check your browser tabs, right? <laughs> like when I did the Satanic Bible studies, I would put embarrassing stuff up there on purpose. Really? Just so like when I clicked over, like, oh, well, let's get that out of the way or whatever. Whoops. You know, it's just part yeah. of the joke. <laughs> but like to have something up there accidentally, this is just a, a streamer making a rookie mistake of yeah. not checking to see what he had open. Now, when you're going to have your bank account open, man, come on. And now he's sorry he got caught. Yes. Is what he's sorry about. Uh, It's been more than five years since users of social media site Reddit started using AI to perform face swaps, digitally stitching one person's head to another's body, making their likeness move and even speak in ways the real individual never had. Back in 2018, the media reaction to these new deepfakes seemed to spin around their potential for political hoaxes. The dominant concern was this rapidly advancing technology, which has had the power to literally put words in the mouths of any public figure on the planet, would plunge us ever deeper into a post-truth existence and a new era of AI-generated spin. Yet right from the start, the majority, the vast majority of deepfakes created and circulated online had no political motive. Most of them were, and still are, porn. (laughs) <laughs> That's humanity, man. Indeed. The term deepfakes itself comes from one Reddit user who went by that monitor in a celebrity doppelganger porn forum where he posted AI-generated mashups of celebrity faces on porn performer bodies. The result? Realistic-looking videos of people having sex, which never actually happened. Today, what began as one man's pervy hobby has taken over the internet. According to government statistics, a website that virtually undresses photos of women has received 38 million hits... How does the government know that? In the first eight months of 2021. That's a really good question. I, I want to know more about this website. So how, how does the government know that? And why do they know that? What bureaucracy within the government is keeping track of how many people are visiting this porn site? I don't know. They link to it. So I can I can pull it up for you here in a little and bit. And more important, this is a website where you can like send an image of some chick and it will just like imagine what she must look like naked. I, I don't understand. Perhaps. Uh, as Ewing himself puts it, there's an ad on every effing video on Pornhub. It's not only celebrities who are targets either, or even widely recognized streamers in the Twitch community. A vast proportion of the deepfake porn marketplace, where people pay for AI-generated sexual imagery of specific individuals, are of regular people. See, the only thing I don't like about this is I feel like if you're using their image, you should at least have the decency to kick them back some of the money. Right. And I, I'm not saying they have to even agree to it or even accept it. But like, hey, look, I made $50,000 this month off porn featuring you. Here's 50 bucks. That would be nice, but 
they're not obligated they're to. They're not obligated to, no, but I think they should as a gesture of good faith. And they may not know who those people are. I mean, this is just a website that plugs also in true. data into an algorithm. I mean, yeah. s- strangers go, they bring images of, as they point out here, their colleagues, their friends, a girl someone follows on Instagram, someone's family member. With just a few clicks, it's possible to make, share, and profit from pornographic videos starring non-consenting people. See, this is a good thing. We we were warned our entire lives not to put our entire lives out there on the internet. Then mm-hmm. what happened? MySpace and Facebook came along and everyone immediately dumped their entire freaking lives out there onto the internet. Some of them do this thing called real life in real life streaming, yep. which is just dumping their lives out there on the internet. Now you have this fake porn. What did people expect? They put all of the content out there for this. If you don't want this out there, stay offline. This was always going to be the result. And you can do it. You can have this thing generate pornography, actual apparently video porn, using only a front-facing photo of their face. So it's gotten that good where you don't have to give it 20 images. It can just somehow figure it out that is pretty good because i remember uh you and bonnie training one of the chatbots and it Mm -hmm. took like dozens of images right we gave it i mean we probably could have done fewer but we gave it 30 or or 20 images and it it does okay okay but it's not designed for this purpose right right? this is a ai that's designed to take a small amount of input and turn it into pornography while the motivation behind making, commissioning, or consuming deepfake porn may be sexual gratification or for a laugh or a twisted desire for control and power over women's bodies. Alternatively, get ahead of this. This would be the better solution. Get ahead of it. Get open, start yourself in OnlyFans, right? <laughs> the, the solution to all of these problems, you don't want fake porn out there, make real porn. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say that that's a solution to this problem because, first of all, a lot of the people on OnlyFans don't make any money. Right, like it's very there's very very little money to be made because there's sure, so if, much porn. But if Pokemon, if people want to see Pokemon naked yeah. and they have this this fake porn to choose from, or her actual OnlyFans, almost everyone will go to her actual OnlyFans to see the real images and the real videos. Maybe so, but she can make money without having to take her clothes off. That's yeah, why the, she doesn't. Yeah, but the porn's still out there. And right. now it's fake. And it's she's still upset be out about there it. anyway, because then if she doesn't do what somebody wants her to do sure. or whatever, which, you know, we're not going to get into detail about those things that people might want, then somebody can just have the fake, Absolutely. The fake one do that. But so, it could definitely decrease the quantity of the I don't, fake point, I, don't, I think. I don't know if it, if it would. And I don't think it's really, uh, I mean, there, obviously she could do that, but is it really going to increase the revenues to her? And I don't think it's a matter of increasing the, the revenue as much as it is, you know, if, if there's going to be porn of me out there on the internet and I have two options, I can either put it out there myself or I can let fake porn of me get thrown out there, then I'm going to choose option A, which at least has the possibility of throwing me some money. Yeah. I, I just feel like if if your calling is to do something else, then you don't want to do porn, right? Like she Fair. wants to go and play video games online or whatever it is she does, IRL streaming or whatever it is. And she doesn't want to do those things, and that's fine. the The solution is to just simply just live with it. You know, this is also the new, valid. This is the new reality, and you complaining about it isn't going to solve this problem. You hiring lawyers to go after websites isn't going to solve this problem. We'll get into what these people think they can do about it here in a moment.
The no, this is all protected, right? Uh, everything here would be protected by the First Amendment. Um, it's art. If it's even located in the United States. And hasn't the Supreme Court like run against this repeatedly, where the, the, the line between art and pornography gets blurred, and even the Supreme Court of the United States hasn't been able to definitively define it? I think that's true. Um, there is the argument that, at least as far as non-public persons are concerned, now, Pokemon would be considered a public personality. She's on Twitch. But as far as like if this was your next door neighbor or something like that, that you you've got their picture and you put it into this, then the argument would be that you're profiting from someone's likeness without their or you're using someone's likeness without their permission. There is, I believe, some or there are some sorts of protections in U.S. law for that. Okay. Um, whether it would apply here or not, I don't know. Those protections probably shouldn't exist anyway. I tend to agree with you there. Uh, so they say here, while the motivation may be various different things here, uh, the imagery is often used to intimidate and harass the women whose likenesses have been appropriated. Essentially, deepfakes are post-truth sex tapes, artificial intimate images weaponized to tarnish women's reputations, silence them, or extort money. Well, why can't this be done to men? I mean, clearly this, can be, be. this can and will and probably is being done to men. Because there's certainly plenty of, you know, gay guys out there who want to look at gay porn or whatever. But I hate this concept of this post-truth era. Like, it's a new thing. People believe the world was freaking flat and the... Mm. And the sun orbited the earth for thousands of years. And there's no truth in that. People have believed things that are false all the time. Sure. People have been unable to tell the difference between reality and fiction all the time. The Salem Witch Trials, the Spanish Inquisition... All of these other examples of people seeing a thing and not understanding it and believing something completely different had happened have been going on for thousands of years. This thing where someone watches the video and, oh, did this really happen? That's not new. None of this is new. There is no post-truth era. There's just a continuation of the same vague uncertainty we've always had to deal with as human beings. This is the first time I've heard the term post-truth is this It's article. been going around for, since Trump. Trump was the one who brought us into the post-truth era oh. where, where truth became a matter of opinion versus a certainty. It's like, no, that's always been the case. Well, the truth is still the truth, and there's always going to be misinformation. There's always going to be lies out there, and trying to sort that out is always the challenge in, you know, living one's life. Figuring out what the truth is, trying to get closer to it is, you know, a constant challenge. And I guess the point is that it's harder now, and it will be harder now than ever before, to know, did this person say this thing? Did this person do this thing that they're being represented as doing? And it is going to be so difficult unless you can actually speak to that person and ask them in in actual physical reality. You will not know for certain. That's the point at which and then we you have, don't know if they're reached. lying. Well, of course not. Of course. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. We got a little bit more here on AI pornography and it's uh, stirring up controversy. It's Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. 
please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. You want to weigh in on AI-generated pornography. Some people online are discovering that their fans have taken their image and put it into various websites, apparently, according to this article at the UK Independent. Look, if you have a link to this of Mark Edge, I want it just to troll Mark with it. So shoot that to me. Join our Matrix server at matrix.freetalklive.com or chat.freetalklive.com. Yeah. Shoot that to me because I, I would love to troll Mark with it. Yeah, I, I suspect <laughs> it won't be hard if someone starts to you know search around to find these sites. They're not linking them in the actual story here from the UK Independent. But apparently with as little of as little as one image of the person's face from front on they can generate actual motion video pornography of that person that seems so unlikely i mean it's probably kind of janky i would guess with just one image but i don't know right i don't know i have no Um, desire to watch this i i don't understand the appeal of this right like okay so Pokimane's pretty, I guess. I, I don't know off the top of my head what she looks like, but I imagine if she's a successful... She's kind of Asian looking. If she's a successful streamer, she's probably yeah. pretty. Yeah. I, but like, what makes her unique versus every other the porn actress other out there? Yeah. Asian porn or whatever. Yeah, I just don't understand the appeal. Like, is it because it's her? But it's not her. There's long been a fascination with celebrity porn. Uh, there's. I remember years ago when we were... Uh, I think it was when we were a local show... We had a co-host named Torgo who was friends with a site called Mr. Skin. And he actually had this Mr. Skin guy on his show at one point to just interview him regularly about like celebrity pornography. And it wasn't quote-unquote pornography. It was just like at that time it was just freeze frames of celebrities in like nude scenes in their, their movies, right? And, the, and this website it probably still exists, Mr. Skin. Well, obviously uh, there's something it, good about that. It was a catalog of all these actors and actresses and where they were nude and i believe images <laughs> of them being nude in these so the whatever you're you're confused about i think is just related to that it's just simply the the fascination with celebrity right and so twitch streamers are the new celebrities they in some cases can be more popular than some of the old celebrities uh, back in you know the 90s or the the aughts people who were in movies before it became possible to just simply start set up a cheap hundred dollar webcam and just start putting you know endless amounts of video online to become all of a sudden you know you have millions of followers some percentage of those people are going to want to see you naked that's just sure. they're into you and right. and you are the fuel that they use for their sexual pleasure their self-pleasuring that's just the reality of right, it. Right. I get that. I I, I guess I get that. I, I don't know so if I get that or not. Being it seems able to, to deep fake those people just takes it to uh, the next level. You know, I understand that from the from Pokemon's perspective or the, the creator's perspective, so to speak. We're like, okay, I exist. I'm out here doing this thing. Some number of people are going to be out there using me for their pleasure, right? Guaranteed. Yeah. But 
I, I understand it from that perspective. What I don't understand is their perspective, their their the motives. User. Yeah, I don't understand what the appeal is for them versus, you know, whatever else they may want to look for that's legit and real and not fake. Maybe if you can answer the question, the number here is 603-283-6160. Maybe Ricky from the Commonwealth knows the answer. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, you know what, brother Ian? Good evening. And is that Sister Aria? Yep. Thought you were sick. I guess you're better. She's back. Yeah, I was only down for like a day. What's on your mind, dude? Well, I was... I. Well, I had on my mind I was going to do a cannabis update, but you know what? Since you got this topic, I can wait on that. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about this thing here. Well, first of all, I think the concept of what they call fantasy porn is really stupid. And here's my reasoning why. What is fantasy porn? porn? Well, it's it it's been around for a long time, you know, Ian. It's it in one incarnation or another. It could be like now, like you're saying, uh, putting a head on somebody, computer-generated stuff. But okay. here's another thing too: you had something called celebrity fakes. You mentioned mm-hmm. about uh, celebrity pornography. Not something I'm actually quite familiar with, you know. But uh, what it comes down to is you have. Uh, what they call a celebrity fake, and that's been around forever, as long as you sure. could do it. And you had people putting the head of a celebrity on the body of somebody else. That's now, right. We me, went over all this. Thing, huh? We went over all of this. Okay, but to my thinking is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you know it's fake. I think that was the point Aria was making, is like, right. why would yeah. someone be interested in this knowing that it's fake? And I think the idea is they would just sort of like when a movie requires you to suspend disbelief in order to enjoy the movie. These people simply dis- suspend their disbelief uh, in order to enjoy the fantasy that this is what this person could look like. Is it going to be well, completely accurate? No. But is it a set of breasts and a whatever else? Yes, it is. So okay. it could well, be what may, they look like when they're naked. If I may, if I may add to this, brother uh-huh. Ian, I mean... I am familiar with it because I think I grew up like any other kid, you know what I mean? And I think that was something, celebrity pornography or something, that was, like, interesting, you know? Okay. But my point is there's a lot of real stuff out there, too. You can go anywhere from Pam and Tommy Lee. You can go to – then they had uh, (laughs) – You had Pam and and Vince Neil. You know, then you had – you can go back in time. I mean, you the whole that. reason the Kardashians are famous is because Kim intentionally leaked her own sex tape. I mean, mm-hmm. they, there point. are countless oh. examples of, quote, celebrities making sex tapes. Well, then, of course, you had China the Wrestler, you know? I don't think anyone wanted just to see China through, naked. Are we just going through a list of uh, celebrity porn that you've watched at this point, Ricky? <laughs> well, we don't have to do that, but my yeah, point let's not. is... They're, they're, I don't understand why somebody is doing this. I never. Why understood. did you do it? You whoa, whoa, whoa. you don't understand why someone's doing what? Uh, why anybody would want to have any kind of interest in something that you know is not real? Why did you do it, Ricky? But he was it watching was the real, real ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's a lot more out there than that, sweetheart. Believe me. Thank you, Ricky, for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. The number here is 603-283-6160. So essentially, Ricky has a similar question to your question. 
is why is this interesting? Uh, why are people doing this? The reality is, even though we may not particularly understand it personally, uh, this is becoming probably more popular than we even realize. Not only is there news coverage about it, but one of the other aspects of AI pornography generation is, in a lot of cases, it doesn't have to involve real people. So there was some images that were shown on, I think it was in one of our chat rooms on the chat server at chat.freetalklive.com, where they put a link to some images that were generated by Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion is an AI image generator, and people have um, uncensored versions. So like the normal Stable Diffusion is sort of the training set that it has doesn't have nudity in it, so you can't get it to generate naked pictures. But somebody figured out a way to send it a trained (laughs) set that you can have it generate naked pictures of completely fake people. Completely okay. computer generated people, and you know, no the, harm, no foul, right? And the well, right, because they're not real people, right? right even so, if they are, I mean, they're still just paintings. But they're uh, they're just completely computer generated women. Will they look similar to real life women? Heck yeah, they do. They yeah. look a lot like real people. Like it's pretty good. Like we know that the AI is not so great at fingers at this point. Like it can't usually put five fingers or four fingers and a thumb on a hand. It's not very good at that. There might be like seven fingers or ten fingers or something like right. that. But those things are going to get solved in probably in relatively short order. But, but from the point of view of the the consumer, the user, or whatever, it's irrelevant to me whether these porn actresses are real in the first place. You know, like mm-hmm. when I go to Pornhub.com, every actor, every video I watch could be a fake actresses. Indeed, and you I would never know. I would never know, and it would be meaningless to me if they were. Right. I, I suspect the the streamer thing that's going on here has a lot to do with that parasocial relationship that we mentioned earlier, where they feel like. They have some sort of connection to her, and that makes her more of a girl next door. It gives her more of a girl next door appeal or something like that. Yeah, and people would absolutely use this on the girl next door if they got a picture of the girl next door. (laughs) Uh, So So how does Stable Diffusion's nudity generation end up going? I mean, is it? It's happening. I mean, there's like whole communities out there of... People who are sharing their AI-generated porns, with which don't have anything to do with real-life people, that are just completely generated. And that's crazy. I, I love human beings, right? Because that's what we do. We get AI. We 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 invent the internet, the tool, the mm-hmm. sum of all human knowledge. We fill it with porn. We invent yeah. artificial intelligence. What did we? We use it to generate more porn. Well, what was it that made uh, VHS beat? The beta tapes back in the in the 1980s. It was, was it the porn? porn shows VHS. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Cyprian, who is a former co-host here on Free Talk Live, makes a relevant point here about this whole AI trend, things that are going. And he says the Skynet robots in the movie Terminator had to expend massive energy and resources to eliminate the human resistance. The actual AI singularity will use VR e-thoughts to virtually eliminate all human reproduction in a single generation. Nonviolent, scalable, and incredibly cheap. I don't know what he means by that. So a virtual uh, e-thought, a VR e-thought. An e-thought would be a a girl. That that hoe over there. Right, thank you. Uh, That hoe over there is what thought is, is short for. And now they have the ability to simply generate a fake e-thought, a, a, an electronic girl, right? So prior to AI, there were plenty of e-thoughts. There, a lot of these girls streaming on Twitch, for instance, would be probably described as that. I these suspect Pokemon was an e-thought. Girls whose job it is to provide 
not sexual temptation per se. That's not their job. That's not what they're trying to do. I don't think some. Well, Amaranth, I think, is another example of one who they're is. They're trying to be pretty and they're yeah. trying to look nice for a camera. Some of them use sex more than others. Let's say that. Sure. Right? Some of them are more, you know, showing more cleavage and that sort of thing. Um, and so they pander to this online community of males, mostly, uh, who are what they would call simps for these people, meaning that they want attention from the girl who's on the camera. And in the world of uh, Twitch or YouTube streaming or whatever, they, they send money. And, and that's how they get that that's attention. That's how they get the attention. <laughs> they send gifts and money and things like that. Uh, and that's, that's the relationship, quote unquote. As you described it, parasocial is the terminology that describes a one-to-many sort of relationship where it seems intimate, meaning that the person might be showing, quote-unquote, intimate things in their life, like they're making food in the kitchen or they're going on a walk or whatever it is that they're taking the dog out, uh, whatever it is that they're doing, and the person on the video believes that they're part of that. They feel as though that they're part of that, even though the person who's uh, who is creating the video content has no idea who these people are. She's never met them. Maybe she'll meet them at a convention uh, that she attends and take a photograph with them. But beyond that, it's just simply the people that, that pay her electric bill. Yeah, right? she'll never recognize them if she sees them a second time. Very unlikely, unless they are a big donor, right? Then she's probably going to remember at that point. But now what he's predicting here is that the e-thoughts, these electronic girls, will no longer need to be human, you won't have to pay for the get them to recognize you because the program will do it. You've given an example here uh, on the air in previous episodes of this chat bot, uh, which is uh, Replica. Yep. And it is being advertised now, apparently. I have not yet seen this, but Replica is now advertising as not only is it going to be your online friend who knows you, quote-unquote, or whatever, but it will send you NSFW, not safe for work pics. Uh, pics. That's correct. When Rep- when I first became aware of Replica, it was all about appealing to people who had depression or who felt lonely or whatever, so yeah. I decided to mess with it, right? But not long after that, within a month or two maybe, all of the ads sort of mutated, and they became about, how, hey, here's your digital girlfriend, get right. not safe. They, they all focus on that not safe for work picks thing. Yeah. And not safe for work role playing, and it's like it's hyper fixated on that exact element. Somebody it, must have figured out at the replica company that that's what their customers really wanted. Well, right? I haven't logged in again since they made that little shift, and I have no desire to. I, I, I was. Were you bored. paying? You weren't paying no. for the replica, right? I was, no, I was bored of the thing anyway. I presume you got to pay for the NSFW. I don't know. Sure. Maybe. Maybe you should log back in so we can, uh, we can figure it out. <laughs> But this is an example, right? It was what, not very appealing. It, it they gamified the thing a lot as well, which well, I didn't like. People like you had to life. log in, and then you get ten stars, and the next day you get twenty yeah. stars. That kind of cheap, you know. Well, uh, but you what, meet what people you in that? real life. You go out on you know yeah. on dates and you know hang out with with real life people. This is for the truly lonely um, individuals out there. Why can't they just go out and meet new people? Well, this is going to make it harder for them to do that, right? Like they right. already are living solitary lives. And we know, like, the World Economic Forum once in, what was it, 2030, they, they think everybody's going to own nothing and, quote-unquote, be happy. And the metaverse and these online chatbots are going to be part of this. And that's what Cyprian's predicting here. He's saying that the AI will be able to use VR e-thoughts to eliminate human reproduction here. Because, essentially, if all these guys are doing is interacting with technology that's, quote-unquote, their online girlfriend, using them for not-safe-for-work pics... And having 
chats with them whenever they're not going to work or whatever it is they do to get the the electric bill paid they are essentially having no human meaningful human interaction they're not going to reproduce Right. I can see the concern, but I think it's going to go the opposite direction. I, I think more and more people are going to disconnect from the Internet solely because they don't want to risk, you know, some some creepy friend of theirs taking their pictures off of Facebook or Instagram or whatever and mm-hmm. plugging them in, into one of these AIs and getting pornography on them. I, but that cat's I, out of the bag. I mean, maybe you could do that if you never went on the Internet, yep. like the next generation could younger, avoid it. Younger people tend to stay away from these sorts of social media sites. I mean, certainly they're on Snapchat and Instagram and things like that, but... Well, Snapchat, if, if you screenshot your friend's pictures or you save your friend's picture, Snapchat notifies them. That's one of the most awesome things about Snapchat. There's probably a hack. Probably. or uh, Probably. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I don't think, does that. But a lot of these people, they just don't use Instagram and they're shying away from social media. I suspect that as this sort of pornography becomes more and more common, I just... We may go back to where people become handles, basically, without faces, without uh, their real names. You're going back to the original way that people use the Internet. Is that what you're predicting here? Or they'll just unplug from the Internet entirely because Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what benefit I actually get in my life from the Internet. Other than the ability to look up random facts that I may be curious about or may not have the answer to, I'm not sure in any other way that I benefit from the Internet. That's an interesting prediction, and certainly I think what we will see as AI becomes more prevalent in our lives, because it's gonna, as AI becomes more prevalent, there's a lengthy article that I have, and maybe we'll share some of it here in a little while, that kind of gets into predictions of what it's going to look like as AI kind of rises in its prominence amongst people's lives, is like the only way to get away from this is to get away from technology, is to turn off these various different uh, technological aspects that we've currently have embroiled just deeply within our lives. We read a story some number of weeks ago on the show about these Luddite teens that were having meetings in New York City where the rule is they have to leave their phone at home and then they would physically go and like meet at a park and read books together and things like that. Yeah. So you know, maybe we're going to see the growth of those Luddite types uh, people who are completely eschewing or partially getting rid of technology from their lives as a result of sort of the rise of AI. I would certainly hope so. But uh, I don't have any issue with AI, and I think AI is probably a good thing. But we, we also we, – there needs to be a balance, I think. Well, that's the thing. It's going to be tough. It's going to get harder to find that balance. You're going to have to put a lot of effort into it because AI is going to uh, – it's going to be pretty prevalent is the way it seems. Like, we're just starting to see how effective it can be at creating things, but it hasn't really been let loose in its full capacity yet, and we don't know what that's going to look like, and we can't really prepare for it. Well, what we still have isn't AI, is it? It's just, like, complicated machine learning, but it isn't true artificial intelligence. Maybe. We don't really know what yes, we have. True. And a lot of the people who are making the AI apparently don't know what they have either. Like there's, uh, I forget where I read this, but some people don't even understand. The, the, like the engineers who make these systems, in many cases, don't even really understand how they work. I remember the Facebook one. They unplugged it way back in the day, like five, six, seven years ago. Facebook had an early AI and they unplugged it. Because it invented a language for itself that they mm, didn't they want it to understand. Yeah, well, they they were able to figure out you know the language, mm-hmm. but like they didn't want a AI powerful enough at that time that it could just invent a new way of communicating and yeah. eliminate the way that humans wanted it to communicate. What happens when the AI is smart enough to upgrade itself 
which is basically the singularity, right? Yep. And then it can change itself without, you know, having to ask your permission. You don't know what it's doing necessarily to change itself. You may not be able to comprehend uh, the changes that it makes if it's getting smarter as it's able to and can sort of iterate itself over and over again and improve itself and fix its bugs, it may become so smart so quickly and so out of like whatever quote unquote control that people have tried to put on it. It could be very, very interesting. Yeah. And I don't think we'll be able to recognize the singularity until long until after. after it has happened. Yeah. So in the wake of last week's Twitch scandal, a number of content creators have spoken out, many of whom didn't know they'd also been featured on deepfake porn sites. Pokimane, one of the streamers shown on uh, this other streamer's deepfake porn tab, tweeted, quote, stop sexualizing people without their consent, unquote. And you can tweet as hard as you want, yeah. sweetie. <laughs> Good luck. You have no control over other people sexualizing you. Another streamer known as Brooke AB asked, quote, how long are we going to accept that being stalked, harassed, sexualized is, quote, just part of being a woman on the Internet? Hold and- on. Those are all very different things. Stalked yes. and harassed, th- those are crimes, yep. those are acts of aggression, and those are not acceptable. Agreed. But being sexualized, that's just someone's opinion of you, how someone is reacting to you. You don't have any control over that or any right to get offended over it. Certainly not if you put your picture out on the internet, yeah. right? Like, or if you walk outside your house. If you don't want someone to sexualize you, male or female, I, I know they're acting like, oh, it's only women that this it's happens mostly to. women, though. I, g- I get what you're saying, but it can happen the, uh, the yeah. other way around. If you don't want someone to be attracted to you, then don't try to look attractive and don't be seen. That's the solution. You stay inside your house and then no one else will see you, right? Have someone deliver your food to you, that kind of thing. Uh, and b- wear a bag when you answer the door for the food delivery guy. Because, yeah. you know, he might sexualize you too. Well, isn't this the whole reason that Muslim women began wearing burqas and, th- and things like that to, to resist the sexualization that goes on in Western society? Well, I don't know whether it was their choice to do that, but okay. yes, True. reportedly, uh, that is a reason why Muslim women are supposed to wear things like that. Yes. Well, to reduce ha- the temptation. Has Pokimane attempted to stream wearing a burqa? <laughs> because we know the answer is no, and we know right. why she hasn't streamed wearing a burqa, yeah, don't we? Right. It's because she wants people to see her body and her pretty little face. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. No. Nope. You know? uh, she says, when, are, this is uh, the other girl, Brooke AB says, when are we going to take steps to change this? Why is this normalized? She says. Why? Well, what are, what are the steps going to be? What, what do you think you can do? I, there's nothing I can do. I have no desire to do anything, even, I could, if, even if I could do something about this. In a now widely shared video, streamer QT Cinderella, the partner of Ewing's friend and business associate Ludwig Agrin similarly argued she shouldn't have to fight and pay to get deepfake content taken offline. And I agree, you shouldn't. You shouldn't even bother because it's a, right. it is a fight you cannot win. You versus the internet? Those odds don't play. No, it's it's like someone getting hit with ransomware and paying the ransom in order to get all their files back or whatever. Only this... In the example of these Twitch streamers, they're repeatedly getting hit with the ransomware, and each time, and the, the ransomware people are going to do it because they know you're going to pay up. So yep. you're not you're not gaining anything or benefiting at all by paying these websites to scrub your images for a few weeks. Well, I, I, I expect she's not paying them. She's probably paying an attorney to send them cease and desist orders okay. or whatever. That's but still not much better. Either way, we're just talking about making money for attorneys, and you're yeah. never going to scrub anything from the internet. Hello. I mean, have y'all ever heard of the Streisand effect? The more you complain about this sort of thing, 
Like, I never heard of QT Cinderella or Brooke AB prior to this, but I guarantee you there's people who are going right now, tap, 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 tap. ooh, what'd she look like? I was Brooke curious AB, if they right? were pretty or yeah, not. I'm, right? Not enough to look it up, but I was curious. She said, it shouldn't be part of my job to be harassed, to see pictures of me, quote, nude spread around, she insisted through tears. She said the fact that it is, she added, is, quote, exhausting. That, that like is your job though you, you you literally put yourself out there as a public figure to be looked at like you literally did that to yourself you could just ignore it yeah right like no one's forcing you to go to these websites to see what sort of compromising positions that your fans have put you in also true you don't have to okay you could just somebody's gonna send you an email and say oh my god I found you on this website look at what they've done to you and you could just hit the delete button and go about doing your video game streaming and just act like it doesn't exist because that's the best solution you got unless you it's just want to go away. Off, you know unless you want to retire and go underground there's more coming up here free talk live it's free talk live and you can join the show here you can bring up whatever you want number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about one of the consequences, a predictable one, of the rise of AI graphical generative technology that can allow for what they call deep fakes, where all you need now, according to this story here, and I believe it, all you need now is one picture. Sorry, one picture of somebody from the front on, front of their face, insert it into some websites, apparently, and then I guess you get to choose what you, uh, what sort of pornography you want that person to be involved in, what sort of sexual positions and that sort of thing, and then the AI just goes right ahead and applies that person's face to an actual, I presume, source video of some actual porn that it has in its in its system. Maybe. Although that will be able to be generated at some point. See, if, I, I was operating under the assumption it was generating at all. Maybe I, it is. I didn't maybe think about the more obvious solution that is just finding a like body, a lookalike, yeah. effectively, and swapping out the heads. Yeah, I, and that's another good point. Like, you would obviously probably, I'm going to guess they're asking the person, like, what's their body type like, right? Because yeah. obviously you don't want to put somebody's head on a completely incorrect body. But there's technology out there that's allowing for this. See, my perspective on this is kind of warped anyway, because like one of one of my ideas was that you know, all all of this crap about me is going to get leaked. Anything negative about me, if I'm running for political office or doing all of sure. these other shenanigans that I'm up to, it's going to get out there. So put it out there myself, get ahead of it. That's a good idea. And that, yeah. that way, I never have to worry about something being leaked from my past or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did that. I put it out there. Enjoy. Well, right? sure. In your case, you actually did do a porn at one point, and you had it out there during your uh, your campaign. It didn't even get brought up. No, it sure didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> so, but you know, if it was out there in a way that I didn't put it out there, it's it's, just, it's like you said, it's a Streisand effect, right? Mm-hmm. Where that if I had been trying to cover that up, like, no, guys, don't watch this. That's just announcing to the whole world that it exists. And so that's kind of what is going on here in this article that we've been sharing from the UK Independent, where they've got these uh, female. Twitch streamers, one of them Pokimane, another one uh, A.B. Brook, and then Q.T. somebody. Yeah, anyway. I didn't, I've never heard of any. I've heard of Pokimane. Q.T. Cinderella. 
Like I've and when I say I've heard of Pokimane, I mean I've heard the name. Yeah. That's the extent of it. So they're upset because somebody took their image and which isn't quote unquote their image. After you put it online, then it's anyone's that wants to download it. That's what publicizing made, means. Right. You made it available and they put it into some of these websites. And they generated pornography of these women who'd never done porn before. And this is basically them complaining aloud to the internet about this. And so I want to continue with this story here because I think it's a really interesting look at uh, you know what's happening out there and the fact that these people can complain all they want. And all they are really doing is bringing attention to the fact that there's porn of them out there on the internet somewhere. Yeah, Basically. That, yeah, that's it. I never knew this stuff existed. I never cared. I still don't care that this stuff exists. I care because of the sociological impact of AI and AI porn. Yeah. But, like, I don't care to go watch this crap. Nope, but somebody does. Yeah, and now now plenty more people are aware of it. Who It never occurred to them. You know, these millions of people following Pokemon, maybe it never occurred to them to go see her naked. But these girls seem to think they can shame... These individuals, these anonymous internet dudes, they or have whoever, eat thoughts. They're not capable of feeling shame. They think they can shame them, though, into stopping this behavior. Here's what QT Cinderella said to the people currently consuming deepfake porn quote, If you're able to look at women that are not selling themselves or benefiting off being, uh, being seen sexually or platforming it themselves, you are the problem. You see women as objects. You should not be okay doing that. Unquote. See, it sounds like what it sounds like her solution, her ideal solution would be to put this out there herself. Her her main issue seems to be a more sex positive approach to it. That you know, the, the issue here is that they didn't consent to it and they're not getting paid for it. Well, hmm. you could get paid for it, girl. You you could make lots of money off of it. Could she though? Probably, I mean, probably because she already has a following, right? But um, yeah, I don't know if I can extrapolate that from what she said. I think she's just saying that if you're looking at like she's acknowledging there are women who are getting paid or trying to get paid to make naked pictures. They're still of being viewed as sexual objects, though. The, the fact that they're getting paid for it isn't changing anything. Yet, rather than acknowledging these women's pain at having their images manipulated and distributed or recognizing the central issue of consent, many responses displayed a disturbing lack of empathy. Gee, are you really seriously the internet with no empathy towards others? I'm shocked. I suspect it's about to call us out. This story? Yeah. No. If no. I, you know, they, there's all these people out there on the internet saying that they don't have a right to their images once they put them online or whatever. Right. Uh, there's going to be some similar responses to what we've been saying here. Moore didn't seem to understand the realities of sexual harassment. Replies to Pokimane often seem to accuse her of hypocrisy, with one asking, isn't sexualizing yourself why you're popular? Yeah. Another, yeah. Another <laughs> demanded to that she, quote, stop telling people how to live their lives and argued that, quote, all of your success is from being sexualized. Now, maybe she would disagree with that. Again, I having not actually ever seen her doing her show. I know there's a girl that's been posted on our chat server named Amaranth. And she is definitely all about using her body to sell her imagery, right? Like, she's always got cleavage going on. She's skimpily, you know, clad as much as possible, as, as much as she can legally get away right. with. In fact, she, I think she even got banned on Twitch for, like, having a nip slip or something like that. Something Ac- happened. Quote, accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, there's definitely some women who try to do that. And so I'm not saying that Pokemon is one of those people. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. So I mean, chances are good. But the fact is, if she's pretty, 
then she knows that the reason why, one of the reasons why that she's getting attention over other people, over other males, because there's a ton of guys on Twitch too that would love for you to watch them play their video games, but they don't have the chance that girls like Pokimane do because you make a valid point. And, she's pretty. And, you know, it's a difficult thing to to live with. It's a diff- it makes the world more complicated, more difficult to navigate because it simply is true. And look, I, I agree. She should be able to get out there and she should be able to entertain people without being sexualized. But we don't live in that world and we're probably never, never going, going to, to. Yeah. Not as long as humans have the instinctual drive to reproduce. Right. As long as that happens, there's always going to be some guy that's going to want to see you naked. Sorry, ladies. And dudes, there's always going to be women that want to see you naked, too. Like, I understand there's this cultural, you know, I think lie that, oh, well, women aren't interested in seeing men naked. Oh, they're not interested in sex. It was a ridiculous claim if I've ever heard one. For whatever reason, there's this narrative out there about that, (laughs) and it's nonsense. But one user, but this article is only focusing on women, of course. One user posted a screenshot from QT Cinderella's video of her crying and wrote, quote, Millionaire internet streamer's reaction to AI porn of herself. You won't find more fragile people than popular internet personalities, especially women, unquote. Perhaps even more concerningly, comments on Ewing's apology video seem to dismiss the whole thing as a boys will be boys attitude. Quote, me watching streamers get canceled for things I do every day. One wrote, while others responded, he just like me, and one of us, one of us, one of us. The misogyny of the responses is crystal clear, says the article at The Independent. Women are fair game, they say, because they're rich, popular, pretty, or simply online. No, it's, it's just because that's the way the world works. And again, it shouldn't be that way, maybe. But you, as a female, some some part of your success, no matter how small, is attributed to attributable to your physical appearance. And the same is true for men. The yeah. same is true for everyone. It's called, what is it? They call it pretty privilege. Show me and a, it's a real fat thing. streamer. Show me a fat streamer that's got, you know, anywhere near yep. the uh, the viewers that these girls do. And, and when they are successful, like Jim Sterling, who's this, well, I think it's Stephanie Sterling now, but that's a different issue. But there's this big fat dude. They have to be Far funny. more entertaining. Got to be funny. That's why yeah. a lot of fat people have a good sense of humor, right? That he he is also very funny, but they have yeah. to be far more interesting. Pokemon doesn't. There are literally streams of people like Pokemon. I don't know if she's one of them. Where all they do is stare into a camera and like eat an ice cube or something stupid like that, mm-hmm. and they get millions. Yeah, millions of people watching it. However, some some fat lonely dude who's making entertaining videos, he has to go above and beyond. He has to have high production values. He has to have excellent scripts, excellent writing, humor, mm-hmm. spot on humor. It's it's not fair, but that's, but that's the way the world. the world is. Yeah, that's it. The implication is that they are, quote, taking it too personally, despite the fact that what's being sold and traded is literally their personhood. But no, it's not. It's not their personhood. A personhood suggests that there's some consciousness behind it, that there's like an actual human being there. What's being traded is fakes Image, you know, fake imagery, fake videos. There's no soul there. There's no creation there of that actual person. That's not something. It's not something they participated in. It's just an image. It's just something that some computer cooked up with the help of some input image, you know, JPEGs or whatever. Yeah, at best you could call it like their digital persona or something, but it's not their life. It's not their personhood. 
non-consensual taking and sharing of intimate images is abuse. Apparently, this is an opinion article, not a uh, news story. It's not consensual taking of images, though. These are not images of Pokimane naked or any of these others naked. You don't own your visage, okay? You don't. You put it online. It's available for everyone. This is the same thing as the whole artist's upset at AI artwork. Oh, God! It took my images and it's using them for inspiration! Yeah, that's kind of expected when it comes to artists out there. Artists are inspired by other artists' work, and that's the way it's always been from day one. But these these artists are having a cow on the internet over the fact that some machine has now been inspired by them and can crank out artwork that may be similarly inspired. Like you can usually with the AI generators, you can type in a user or a, uh, an artist's name and it'll come up with like picture of a house by a lake in the style of Pablo Picasso. And then you get yep. what the artist, the uh, AI thinks that Pablo Picasso would have made a house by a lake image. Yeah. So, and like. They draw these fake distinctions between, oh, well, there's a difference between how humans are inspired and learned from the works of previous artists. But no, no, there's not. There's AI out there generating music. I told it to write me a song in the style of Tool. It would be indistinguishable for me going home and writing a song in the style of Tool. It's not that complicated of a thing. And it's not hard for an AI to learn from the, the key elements of a person's art style in the same way that a human does. So this, in the same way that this situation with these upset women, uh, look, this you should really look at this as a sign of success. You should like the, the fact that somebody has cooked up a fake image of you topless and now doing straight up porn uh, with your image on it is an indicator that you made it, girl. You you've got it. You know you've got so much success that there is that many fans out there that they're making fake videos of you in. You know, revealing positions. But that's just the, that's the new world. That's the world we're in. As you mentioned, though, that's not even the real world. How did, like, Natalie Portman and these other celebrities from 15, 20 years ago or whatever deal with it when it was happening to them? Is it just that Pokemon and people like them? They're just not, they're not used to being in the public eye to that extent? Or, I mean, what's going, why is it so different for them than it was for? for That's a good question. Part of the problem, they say, is that laws constantly lag behind both technology and reality. Often the creators and distributors of deepfake porn can only be pursued if their sharing of doctored images goes hand-in-hand with blackmail or other forms of harassment. This can leave those who are targeted with little choice but to attempt to have content taken down themselves, as though the government is going to somehow make this problem go away. There are better. They're just going to make things worse. Probably. There are signs, however, that deepfake porn is finally beginning to be taken seriously by lawmakers. Last autumn, the British government announced it would be criminalizing non-consensual deepfake pornography as part of their controversial online safety bill, which returned to Parliament in December after years-long delays. There are still a number of potential stumbling blocks, though. When the bill returned to Parliament, journalist Britt Dawson wrote for days that, quote, delays could mean the laws won't even be fit for purpose when or if they're eventually enacted. That's a good point. Technology keeps moving. Technology doesn't sit back and wait and say, oh, well, let's see what the parliament's going to do about this. Let's wait and see what Congress uh, is going to do. No, the, the deep fake tech just keeps rolling. Yep. And by the time these government bureaucrats figure out what A and B is on the, this technology, which they still don't even know what Bitcoin really is or right. whatever, but this, by the time they get some sort of rudimentary grasp over it and they cook something up for the law books, it's like, 
they're 10 years beyond that in internet terms at that point as far as the deep fakes go. This happened over and over again. Bitcoin's a great example. Regulators are still trying to figure out how to how to regulate Bitcoin. What are they supposed to do about it? And the cryptocurrency world is already on to like Monero and Hush and Zcash. Right. And if they if they knock out some of these uh, commercial websites, the tools will just go online on the dark web or whatever, right? Like the yep. the technology, the code that is there is not going to go away. You cannot legislate it out of existence. It's just like with Bitcoin. They can regulate the exchanges, but the code of Bitcoin cannot be destroyed. It will. It's always going to live on as long as that's what people want. Uh, Dawson indicated then, quote, intimate image abuse legislation has previously fallen victim to loopholes, including focusing on intent to cause distress or humiliation rather than consent, which has led to a lack of prosecutions. Well, they can't do this in a way that doesn't criminalize art. And I think that's the the, the problem that people are going to have to come mm, to terms with, is that there's no real difference between someone doing a painting of Pokimane as a, as a mermaid standing over a, a ship or whatever and pornography of her. Great point. Yeah. I mean, that, I think you make a really solid point here because let's say the mermaid's not topless. Well, then everybody would say, oh, well, that's just art. Well, right. now we make the mermaid topless. Is it still just art? Yeah, it's probably still just art because, you know, that's not pornography. Okay, well, now she's naked. She's still a mermaid. Is that pornography? Well, she's not having sex, so it's probably not pornography. Okay, it's still art. Okay, now there's a man having sex with her. Okay, that's that's pornography, right? So like maybe, how, but what, not necessarily, because there has been you know fornication depicted in mm-hmm. artwork, especially during the Renaissance. I mean, the, it's, the Vatican's point. full of it, yeah, and it's yeah. considered art. What if it's not explicit, right? What if it's just him mounting her from behind, and you can't really see any penetration? Is what if it is explicit? Yeah. I, I don't see any reason that should preclude it from being art. I agree with you. I think this is all. I think you make a, the best point here is that you uh, is that this is art, and that would be the argument that they should make if there's ever a lawsuit brought under any kind of law which has yet to be written by the way but if this and again they are only talking about in britain here this there's no proposal that I, that they mention in regards to the united states uh but that would be the way to defend against this is like look what would the difference be whether or not i drew a picture of pokimane and i'm a really good you know artist so it looks like her versus i just took her you know a jpeg from the internet and had a computer program draw her on some naked woman what is the difference there to me there isn't one two months on a handful of politicians and peers are voicing exactly this concern outlining a plan to put forward an amendment to the bill a group of peers suggested that the government's plans for new offenses such as cyber stalking and the sharing of intimate images do not go far enough and will fail to stop online misogynistic abuse Look, I mean, there's no doubt that leaking someone's news or nudes or leaking their sex tape or whatever without their consent is bad. That the, the revenge you porn mean thing, something they actually consented yes. to at the time. Yes, to make. But leaking it, not not a good. Even if they consented to make it, and, and you know you you're angry at them because of the breakup or whatever. Putting that online is really messed up. I don't want to go into it and say it's illegal and you should be in prison, but it's messed up and it's you shouldn't tacky. do it. It's tacky, yeah, absolutely. But that's. That's a different issue from AI-generated porn, and the article seems to be muddying the two concepts together, just like it mm-hmm. muddies, yeah, it you know, harassment and stalking, and it's cyber stalking in the first place. All you have to do is turn your phone off. Now, some of these, some of these e-thoughts, they do get targeted in real life, and they do have people taking pictures of them who will tweet at them and say, "Ha ha! Look, I can see what you're wearing right now. Mm-hmm. That's creepy." But hey, chick. You put yourself out there like that. I'm sorry. Maybe you shouldn't have done it, 
but you did, and now you have to live with it. Deep fake porn can often feel like an intractable problem as technology advances far quicker than legislature can be pushed through. Yet as laws attempt to play catch-up, it is... It's even more important that culture more broadly undergoes a shift because really this isn't about AI or technology at all, but about consent and how women's bodies are thought of as fair game. And uh, again, I understand why this person feels the way that they do. And again, this article was written by a woman, Eloise Hendy from the, uh, the UK Independent. I get why you feel the way that you do, but the fact is all humans... Are virtu- you know, are potentially available for sexualization, right? Like, yeah. it's not just a woman thing. There are men out there who are sexualized. There are people out there that are attracted to men, and they will absolutely sexualize them. They will make pornographic images of them, and it is just a. And I wouldn't even say it's a problem per se. It's a problem if someone actually commits rape. It's a problem if someone actually kidnaps you and holds you against your will and forces themselves upon you against your will. That's a problem. That's a real crime. Yeah, the article here mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, how did they put it? The people's women's bodies are being shown without their consent or something to that effect. But that's not what's happening here. No, it's a Pokemon's body has never been put out there without her consent. Correct. So we can't muddy these concepts for the sake of this journalist, right? We have to keep those things separate. It's not her body to consent to it. Some porn actresses. Or a completely computer-generated one. Yeah, in, in which case, no consent from Pokemon is required. It's not her body. Yeah, what happens if uh, we take, to go back to the issue of whether it's art or not, and looking at the question of the you know the fake painting, etc. What if we use Pokemon uh, Pokemane's image but change the eye color? Is that still Pokemane? Good question. And it, it, is it suddenly acceptable if prior to that it was not acceptable? And, and what? How far away from Pokemane do we have to get? Mm-hmm. We'll give her a scar. Yeah, before <laughs> right, a if, tattoo where she didn't have one before. Now is it Pokemane? Is it acceptable to have somebody who's a lookalike? do pornography because that's probably happened right like i suspect there's there's probably pornography out there where you know pre deep fake where they hired a girl that looks a lot like pamela anderson or looks a lot like you you fill in the blank your favorite right. uh commercial actress at what point does that cross the line i would suggest that it probably doesn't at any it point doesn't cross any legal line no that's all for they're sure. doing is say is making a false claim and it, it's not even a fraudulent claim or an actionably fraudulent claim because it's not meant to be legally binding i think this is a fascinating uh, subject and it is one that is likely going to become more prevalent as time goes on because again this isn't just the online streamers that are going to be suffering from this as the article does reference it could be anyone anybody that's got an image of a person that they want a computer to generate pornography from it can be done there are websites that are that will do it for you i don't know what they charge But there's some amount, and some people are going to be willing to pay it to see what their next door neighbor looks like, or their coworker looks like, or the you know the the person that checks them out at the grocery store looks like, or whatever, right? Like there's going to be those people who are going to pay for this, and there's not going to. First of all, most of them aren't going to know, right? right? Because what are the odds? How, How many people are out there looking for this? I presume these girls online, it's brought to their attention. Right, so somebody in the when they first started out the story, it was talking about a guy who was streaming, and somebody took an image of his browser and saw what he was looking at, and they spread that around. 
but the average person who's getting this done to them isn't going to get an email from a fan letting them know. The person who's going to create this imagery is just going to create it, and maybe they'll keep it to themselves. I suppose they could put it online for uh, for other people to access, but there's going to be so much of this porn, it's like, it's a drop in the bucket. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up uh, anything here we've been talking about. Deepfakes. Internet websites that apparently allow you to Upload any old picture that you want, and it will, apparently the term is nudify. It will nudify your picture. Uh, And uh, Bonnie, I almost said Bonnie, Aria and I found the website in question during the break. There was an article written by Huffington Post in 2021 entitled, A Powerful New Deepfake Tool Has Digitally Undressed Thousands of Women. And they say here that the AI-generated nudes, which look horrifyingly realistic, are sweeping the web. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to actually get this thing to go. Yeah, I'm also try- I'm struggling to figure it out because I was like, all right, well, I'm going to upload a picture of myself and see what it does, right? I want to... I know what I look like naked, so I want to see how accurate <laughs> it does. I want to see. Were you able to get it to do it? No. Yeah, I've not yet. I've gotten to a thing that seems to allow me uh, to some sort of test thing, but I, I, I don't know what it's trying to do. It claims to be free, but I don't see any kind of like verification of how you do this, and we're not going to be able to pull this off, you know, on the air apparently. So maybe, maybe a little bit later, uh, we'll be able to do this. So the number here is 603-283-6160. We'll we'll continue investigating this for you, but if you want to check this out, it's deep I don't know if this is like a a word you can't say in another language, so I'm just going to spell it. S U K E B E.io. Deep S U K E B E.io. That is the website. And now I'm thinking Aria it might have uh not been working because I had adblock turned on. So that could be the reason why it didn't like come up with the button because there's supposed to be. The uh, site also has copyright 2020 down at the bottom. So, I mean, it hasn't been updated in a while. It may simply just not work old tech. anymore. Yeah. I mean, even if, I mean, if it's old tech, if it's still if it's still there, it would still function. But may, maybe it's because I'm on mobile. I'm not having any luck yeah. with it. Not Not enough for me to like really want to play with it. Yeah, there's probably something else out there, though. I mean, again, it got a lot of uh, press coverage. Huffington Post would not actually name the site, but the BBC did. So we were able to discover uh, what it was. And this is old tech, like you said, you know, 2020, 2021. It can't be hard to find these things, so, so right? But the, you have to, like... So that's what you want to look for. You want to look for Nudify. But that's exactly it. You have to look for it. Oh, wait, I'm at a thing where it's like, select a photo. Okay, I'll get back to this in a minute. Yo, uh, yeah, yeah, I found it. All right, let's go to the phones here. Chuck is in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. You know, something tells me that this is not going to be a a problem that affects 
people that want to be associated with male or a masculine type of persona. Because, you know, to be quite honest with you, with all the Pornhub type of stuff that I have ingested over the last couple of years, it's, it occurred to me that uh, the male uh, partner in the whole scenario very, sh- very rarely shows the face. And it's just like the torso or the upper leg, you know what I'm saying? And it's always the woman that has the face and the everything, you know, everything about her is interesting, I suppose. But in these uh, heterosexual type of uh, porn genre, I guess you could say, it's very rarely that the male, uh, I, I just don't see, unless he's got like some kind of weird tattoo. And there's always a Russian tattoo. Have you ever noticed that? He's got some Russian uh, jail tattoo. Don't know. I come on, come on. You know what I'm talking no, about. I do not know what you're talking about. Um. So here's the thing. You're not gonna have to worry about me, uh, being on any kind of porn. I don't think unless they want to see a werewolf or something like. That. I'm a pretty hairy guy. That's the other thing. Um. Okay. I I don't know why you threw that out there, but okay. Have you noticed, Arya, that the two calls we've gotten on this have basically been guys giving us their kind of porn preferences, essentially? (laughs) I I have not noticed. Ricky called in, and he he was going to call about something else. He changed his topic to start going off about how he's so familiar with uh, celebrity sex tapes and started naming them uh, for us. And then Chuck in Washington just started describing... How the guys look in the uh, the, por- the porn that he's watched on Pornhub. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more. Uh, we'll get some deeper calls here at some point. The number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. I still do appreciate hearing from you guys. Uh, but in in related news, so changing the subject to other things about AI because AI is going to affect a lot more than pornography, right? Like just kind of like with the tech, like you talked about how the internet became quote-unquote, for porn. Like, porn kind of led the way on the internet. Porn was why the VHS tape beat the beta tape back in the 1980s because the porn industry selected VHS. There's no no doubt that wherever porn goes, you know, the the, the trends t- tend to follow. The technology follows. And AI is, is unstoppable at this point. It is here. It is getting better by the, by the day. And it's going to start getting better faster as soon as it's able to upgrade itself. And there was a really interesting. This thing is terrible, by the way. I got it to work, and it the it, deep sukabe. Yeah, it makes your uh, picture blurry to protect privacy or some sort of legal hmm. nonsense like that. Maybe you got to pay it to do uh, make it clear. Yeah, and I just sent you know a, a torso pic, mm-hmm. so it's not very good. But you you could tell it attempted to like remove the, the top that I was wearing, but I like see. it did a very poor job of that it. That looks it, horrible. It's so blurry. It's. And it, it basically just made some of my hair skin colored. Like, it's like let's get rid of the hair. It confused the hair for clothes. So it's not okay. very good, not very advanced. But yet the articles are like, oh my God, it's amazing. Maybe there's a better version you can pay for, but we're sure as hell not going to pay. I mean, pay. this was almost three years ago, right? Yeah, so. and we're sure as hell not going to pay to find out. No. Uh, so there was a article written by Dakara, dakara.substack.com, spelled D-A-K-A-R-A. It's way too long to the point we're not going to be able to get through it, but it's got some really interesting ideas, and I think it'll spark some interesting discussion on this topic of artificial intelligence and kind of where this is all going, right? Because we can see, it's easy for us to see where it is now. A lot of our listeners don't know, because if you're not paying attention to this technology, you don't know how good it is. You don't know. I mean, you just gave us a bad example of uh, AI From three years ago, though. 
Well, I'm not talking about porn now. I'm talking about AI image generation, AI chat technology, AI affecting things that we haven't even predicted yet. Where is it now? Where is it going to go? And uh, i got to give credit to Cyprian for recommending this story. I read it in full over the weekend, and I uh, thought it was pretty fascinating. So I want to share it with you and get your, your thoughts, uh, Aria. And, of course, the phones are open at 603-283-6160. So he or she writes, AI has matured into a technology that is about to change the very fabric of society, culture, and civilization. I certainly hope so. I mean, it's not impossible, and it could go countless different directions. But right, yep. AI puts it does put us at that threshold where, like, we could have a scarcity solved, where we could have AI and robots just doing all the necessary work, making sure all the humans have all the food we need and all the energy that we need and all the other crap that we need. Uh, but it's going to require enslaving them, and I think that's probably going to lead to problems further down the road. However, we we. AI does put us at that possibility. For the first time in human history, it makes it possible for someone to just not work, to just dedicate their lives to being an artist, no matter how terrible they are but at it. But does it? It that's could. The, that's the question, or one of the questions, that Takara is going to uh, examine here in this story. So we'll get into that. So it's still hard to fathom exactly how far AI will be able to reach into every aspect of our lives, or even if it has any limits at all as to what it will affect in some way. Not only may it result in the greatest change ever, but also at the most rapid pace of any disruptive technology to date. It will be unlikely we'll be able to plan for the disruption, as it will simply happen before anyone can reason about what is likely to happen next or what to do about it. You talk about government being slow to re- you know, respond to Bitcoin 10 years later? They sure as hell aren't going to be able to respond to AI. No, I think government's immaterial to the question, right? Like, once this singularity, as it happens, occurs, once AI develops the ability to improve itself and uh, to do so in an uncontrolled way, that's it. It's going to go from zero to a thousand miles per hour in minutes yeah. because it, it operates at a speed that human beings simply can't. Any such planning efforts, as a result, will be obsolete before they even begin. It's unclear as to exactly what unfolds on this particular path we're traveling. Predictions will vary from world-ending to utopian dreams, right? So that's the other side of what you were just talking about. What follows in this post is merely an exploration of thought. Although these are possibilities I can perceive, none of them may come to pass. Nonetheless, we need exploration and thought-provoking debate in this area in order to hopefully guide us towards the beneficial versus the destructive utilization of this technology. There may be views within this article that are contradictory. That's expected as this is just an exploration and we don't know what's going to actually unfold. The attempt is to try and perceive possibilities both positive and negative in order to facilitate further discussion and conversation. So uh, Dakar predicts the four phases of AI adoption. At a macro scale, we might say there are four phases to the adoption of AI. This isn't a formal definition, but rather a conceptual abstraction useful to organize some thoughts around how the future technology might advance. There's no time frame assumed as to how quickly or how long a phase may take. It is at this point unknown. Our ability to see the outlook will likely change as we further advance along this path. We enter the last phase when AI begins to surpass AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, or what is considered the point that a machine can learn anything that a human can learn. So that would be the the singularity, right? Where the machine, the AI, is as smart as a human and can then begin programming itself. And it can upgrade itself without human interaction. That's the point. Now, are we to that point yet? I think there's going to be differing opinions on that. But he lays out these different phases. One, phase one, utilization. 
In the utilization phase, individuals begin to use AI for increased productivity. So we're here now, right? This can include things like personal assistance, chatbots, image generation, authoring documents, research, and other tools that automate tasks. AI targeting to specific data sets will be the mature end of utilization where companies are using AI on their internal systems and private data stores. We're there. Yep. We're definitely in that phase. Number two, cooperation. In the cooperation phase, larger and more complex integrated AI systems and services are developed. This can include things like self-driving cars, which can communicate with each other and interface with intelligent traffic signals. Chatbots, which can offload specialized uh, tasks to other AI services, such as image generation. AI systems may even exchange information through the existing human chat interfaces with each other so that no APIs even need to be written. AI specialization is maturing bringing us closer to the AGI, which again is that artificial general intelligence. Are we at phase two quite yet? I think we're, we're leaning into phase two. Yeah, we're as, on the border yeah. of that. Phase three, self-management. In the self-management phase, AI systems are becoming fully automated with no human involvement. This can include things like intelligent AI that can take care of monitoring itself for issues or problems, resolving resource constraints, or even self-fixing bugs. AI systems may improve on their own the integration with other AI systems to be more efficient. In this phase, it becomes challenging for humans to fix issues without the aid of the AI, because we won't be able to understand what's going on. The mature end of this phase would be achieving the AGI. And then four, domination. In the domination phase, AI advancements escape what human observers can even comprehend. We have surpassed the criteria for AGI AI systems are evolving and learning on their own faster than can be reasoned about, creating new and unpredictable capabilities. The systems are now far too complex for humans to understand, and civilization is totally dependent on these systems for its very existence. I don't know if civilization will ever become dependent on the existence of these systems. as Society as it, as it exists certainly will, just like society as it exists now requires the existence of electricity and mm-hmm. the internet and all these other things. But like a society would continue to exist if you take away the electricity and the internet, it would just Indeed. be different. So society in a form can certainly become reliant on the existence of artificial intelligence. But like society in and of itself doesn't require it. But I, I find it fascinating that we all foresee the 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 lights on this freight train coming right for us yep. that that is artificial intelligence being beyond human control and not a single damn one of these people is saying maybe we should just get off the tracks because the appeal of what the ai could do it's is, great. is so great yep. that they're they'll gladly run right into the freight train it's coming yeah yeah it's Pandora's box, man, and humans cannot resist opening it. Yeah, and that's ba- and he actually does address Pandora's box coming up here in a moment. He says, within this post, the content will focus mainly on what is likely within just the first phase and maybe the second. Beyond that, it's like trying to predict the weather a month ahead. Impossible to perceive what storms will arise. AI models have taken essentially all of the information available on the web and made it accessible in such a way that it can be queried, as if having a conversation with a person. That's what ChatGPT is all about this processing or this allows for processing information and interpreting the information with context that we can describe in human language from this many applications for its use can be extrapolated it's important to note that it's capable of processing the information in both literal and imaginary contexts it's capable of formulating responses based on factual information that can be objectively verified it's also capable of formulating responses that are imagined or a combination of both this allows it to be both creative architect 
and or information analyst. These are very broad in scope set of capabilities in which we are still in process of discovering how they might be applied. Such applications already in use are blogs, articles, narrated scripts, stories, research, marketing, writing software, analyzing code, and more. The productivity implications, the potential disruptive nature of the job markets, as well as society itself, cannot be overstated. Everyone now has at their disposal, whether you've used it or not, a virtual assistant that can perform tasks previously only possible by a human. Furthermore, it can perform these tasks in a fraction of the time of a real human. There are also no hard limits on the availability of these virtual assistants or workers. As with all resources managed by machines, they can be easily scaled up to match any demand. An infinite supply of skill and creativity on demand. The output from individuals as well as companies may expand a hundredfold in efficiency in some areas as a result. The power will be wielded by all. If productivity and efficiency increase a hundredfold, then it's true for all users. Every hacker has also just increased their productivity one hundredfold as well. Information that can be used for destructive purposes is now also more readily available to be constructed in such ways that can be executed with new efficiencies. Nefarious actors will certainly find ways to use these advancements. For example, creating convincing scams will be easier than ever. So a lot of scams on the internet, you can kind of tell sometimes because the, the human who's writing the scam email, they can't spell very well. They're, you know, in yeah. you know Africa or something, English isn't their native language, and they get some common words incorrect. Well, now all they'll have to do is just type it into the AI and have the AI cook the scam language up. Scam investments, emails, and crypto projects can be created out of the ether with a simple request, and they'll be impressively and professionally deceitful. Identity theft and fraud using others' identities will become far easier and likely many other nefarious uses we have not yet contemplated. We had hoped technology would replace monotonous tasks while leaving us more time for creative express or exploration. Instead, we're getting exactly the opposite. It is replacing what humans love to do. Previously, it had been thought that creativity would be the area untouchable by machines, and this was the suggestion that you had made uh, earlier, what you were saying this hour, Aria, was that it'll just give humans more time to be creative. Yeah. But ironically, creativity seems to currently be one of AI's most successful areas. It's a fair point. Some see this as a wonderful gift, allowing anyone to be an artist. And that certainly has been, I think, our viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Here on Free Talk Live. I, uh, well, I don't think it makes them an artist, but it allows them to be the creator of art. Indeed. But it allows them to a cut out using a human to create yeah. the art for them, right? If they can't do it themselves. However, if everyone is an artist with equal capability, then what distinction remains for that title? Then I don't. I don't think that's accurate. Um, well, I, some people are better at writing the prompts than others. Yeah, and there will always be, almost certainly, always be some human that that just has some element, uh, some appeal that AI doesn't have, right? And you you could. Mimic Alex Gray's art style all you want mm -hmm. with an AI, but there's always going to be someone out there who wants an original Alex Gray piece of artwork and not something that Is was still created. Alive? I don't know. <laughs> and not something that create was created by an AI. And there will always be someone out there who they, they want an actual human created piece of art. That's probably true. And I think it is true. But there's going to be a lot of people that close enough is yeah. good enough. And those people right. will argue that, you know, that, that human art has this spark to it, uh -huh. some, the soul. some element to it mm -hmm. that the AI, and it doesn't, but the, they'll convince themselves that it does because it's part of that ego thing where they convince themselves that they're somehow better sure. than everything else in nature. 
and it, it's sad, but I think it'll happen. And I don't. There will always be a place, I think, for human creativity. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I would like to think that you're right about that, but it could also be true that the AI generation of art wipes out of the lower tier artists, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, if there's a million artists in the world right now, but only a hundred thousand of them are really any good, and the rest of them are like, you know, okay, then maybe the AI art is going to knock out nine hundred thousand of them. Well, maybe those nine hundred thousand should be doing something else anyway. Indeed, if if art isn't their strong suit, maybe they should find it. Creating without effort might not be the new era of enlightenment for which some are hopeful. Exactly what kind of Pandora's box have we opened? Highly disruptive and innovative technology always brings about the unexpected. We will likely not foresee changes that are coming as the new patterns and interactions formed within society will be too complex and unpredictable. Previously, social media has had one of the biggest impacts on society in ways that weren't apparent beforehand. It has allowed individuals like, right, for instance, like when you joined MySpace or Facebook, could you have had any idea of what was coming, where the U.S. federal government was going to come in and, you know, try to take over and, you know, force their viewpoint to be crammed down people's throats through these these systems and that uh, they, they'd be data mining you and all the things that ended up sort of coming out of it. Maybe to an extent, I, I think we we could have predicted some of this. I, Maybe, like, but most of us were distracted with the ability to connect with our old high school buddies. Or whatever. It's like, oh, there's Jimmy. You know, I haven't seen him in 10 years. That kind of thing. I just remember writing, you know, maybe 10 years ago that these cell phones that we were carrying around all the time, they were destroying our privacy and they were Trojan horses. Mm -hmm. They they were spyware, pieces of spyware that were constantly monitoring us. And that was... That was true. That was 10 years ago. And now it's just that much worse. I mean, could we have seen the era coming where you can put your phone in airplane mode? You can even turn your phone off, I believe. Don't quote me on that one. But you can put your phone in airplane mode, completely disconnect it. And travel around a city, and as soon as you connect to anywhere again, it will immediately tell Google everywhere you went, down to the foot. Mm. Yeah, I think it probably was predictable. But how far into the past could that really have been accurately predicted? I don't know. Social media has allowed individuals to build careers independently, ideas to circle the globe instantly, and stars to arise without the traditional gatekeepers. We were just talking about Twitch streamers, for instance. However, it has also brought about its own set of Orwellian aspects to society. Anxiety, attention and focus disorders, addictions, and other emotion issues have significantly risen due to social pressures and mind hacking for engagement in the online space. Thought control and social engineering has become the norm with the cooperation of corporate and state government institutions. Ownership of the space has become paramount for political control. Even the originally benign attempts at making social media fun and engaging became inadvertent algorithmic tools for manipulation of opinion, as revealed in the documentary The Social Dilemma. AI Not to mention the Twitter files and what mm-hmm. we've seen since the pandemic started. AI will likely surpass social media by orders of magnitude in both its ability to provide positive value for individuals, as well as its propensity to become the dark monolith of a dystopian society under the control and manipulation of forces unseen. As revealed in the Twitter files, governments will not be able to resist the allure of a tool that could provide for even greater control than social media. This is essentially regulatory capture for an unofficial regulatory agency, social media slash AI, whose regulatory scope, as seen by government, is societal order. And I saw something the other day that the Biden administration is already ordering some number of billions to be spent on developing AI for government purposes. 
whatever that's going to be. Well, they're way behind. I mean, that's not the way the United States is doing things. I mean, China has been investing billions into artificial intelligence for the last several years. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're betting everything on artificial intelligence. And using it to track people and all that stuff. Right? And the United States is doing it as well, but the United States is doing it in the fascist way where the you know, private, quote, private, that's in quotation mark, companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter are out there looking into a artificial intelligence. And the, the U.S. government will find some way to exploit that and use it for its benefit, just like it did the existence of social media. So the U.S. government directly putting money into artificial intelligence is just kind of for show to me at this point. Mm-hmm. As soon as Twitter or Facebook or OpenGPT or Chat, OpenAI, yeah. whatever they're called, as soon as they conceive an artificial intelligence, the government will be all they'll over jump it. on it. Yeah, yeah and they'll be like, sure. hey, guys, we want your artificial intelligence to do this. And they'll go, okay, absolutely, Master. What else, sir? And this actually gets into, and we're going to continue the discussion here in hour number three, it gets into the fact that right now at least, and this might change, but right now, most of the AI platforms out there are run by major mega tech corporations. These are the people who are controlling these systems. They're not open source. Not yet. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour here, and you can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind. We're talking about artificial intelligence and what does the future hold for this technology? Well, of course, it's impossible to really know, but it's certain, it almost seems certain that it will become involved in more and more aspects of our society. I mean, yeah, the, it's not going away. Right. The internet has not gone away. A lot of people poo-pooed the internet back in the 1990s. Remember, uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the images and the videos that people have posted from like news companies back in the mid 90s or the early 90s or even the late 90s saying oh ha 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 this internet thing's a fad and it's never going anywhere and then well can can you just imagine being that short-sighted and right like I, I realize there have been occasions where I said things like this uh particularly in regard to nfts but i i feel like calling I mean, nfts a fad that were 90 something percent of value yeah feeling you know calling the nft fad a fad a craze that was going to die out and was going to collapse and was not going to ultimately contribute anything of value to humanity maybe i was fundamentally no different than the people saying that about the internet i just happened to be right uh, I mean, maybe there's going to be a huge resurgence and we'll be proven wrong in five years. But yeah, Dude, so I far, think NFTs are dead in the water. So I don't far, think they're it looks coming like back. They're dead. Yeah. And one sure. of my favorite examples of this, there's a locally owned food truck here. It's not even a food truck anymore. They've opened an actual place. And I was talking to the owner of this place. Which place? Uh, Gorilla Grill. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. And he was like, I asked him if they were accepting cryptocurrency. Obviously, mm-hmm. I can't use cryptocurrency, right. but if I can get them to take cryptocurrency, I can start sending other people there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, but I really want to get in on this NFT stuff. And this was oh, a little over a year yeah, ago. I remember you talking about that, yeah. A little over a year ago, and I was like, man, no, look, if anyone says NFT to you, just run the opposite direction. I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. And then sure enough, like six months later, NFTs just collapses and die out. It, it, that dude owes me a drink. Have you followed up with him since no, then? No, I, I have not, but I really should be. So how'd that NFT thing work out? Glad you took my advice. Not, Hopefully he did take I mean, by advice. that point, it was so late in the NFT thing that he w- couldn't have lost any substantial amounts of money. Unless, unless he, did he spent a bunch of money. Yeah. That would have been That's the stupid problem. route to that go. Was the, that was the dumb thing, is people were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars for internet 
image jpegs or whatever and for bored apes stupid piece you know, rocks digital <laughs> rocks basically. i remember those oh my god yeah. six pixels uh all right so we've been sharing this story here from dakara.substack.com d-a-k-a-r-a which is a very thoughtful piece on kind of what this all means what it's going to possibly look like and as dakara points out we really can't predict what opening pandora's box is going to do but we've already opened it basically at this point so like what's the results going to be this is kind of what the speculation is here and what does it mean for society so this uh piece uh we continue and we'll again phones are open at 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in and i think that is one of the sad things right we we all know this is a pandora's box mm-hmm. and we're going to open it anyway that's right because we we can't, we can't tr- resist yeah we and we can't trust that china won't open it and Somebody Google, will. Yeah. Google can't trust that Facebook won't open it. Right. right. All of these other companies, these tech companies, these nation states, they can't trust one another to just not do it. So they all want to be the first to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants that technology boost. Everybody wants that productivity boost. And this is going to give it. Yeah. As it points out here, AI is the great utopia of equality. Everyone finally equalized. Exactly the same ability available to everyone. No amount of training, skill, or time invested will have value that separates you from anyone else. I don't think that's true at all. As you've already mentioned, some people are better at writing prompts than others. So some people will be, it's just a new skill. Some people will be better at using this AI than others. The value we find in life in its part is in part its struggle and competition. I think this is an interesting argument he makes here. It is competition that we enjoy. Thus, why we have sports and contests. AI has no ceiling on its limits. Who will be the greatest artist when anyone can? Who will be the greatest composer when anyone can? And who will be the best impartial judge of such contests? AI? When asking chat... Well, it's already the case that anyone could be the best artist, right? I mean, I don't think this is fundamentally but new. But you can't judge who the best artist is because art's within the eye of the beholder. I mean, right. you may like Pablo Picasso and I might think he's garbage. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that happens in music, especially Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Everybody's got their own preferences. Yeah. And that's that's cool, right? Uh, when asking ChatGPT for similarities of AI and a Twilight Zone episode entitled A Nice Place to Visit, it responded uh, subsequently. Quote, so this is ChatGPT speaking here. The episode A Nice Place to Visit from the television series The Twilight Zone is about a man named Rocky Valentine who dies and goes to a place where all of his wishes are granted. In this place, there are no consequences for his actions, and he can have anything he wants. The episode has some similarities with concerns about AI that can create nearly anything. Both the episode and the concerns about AI deal with the idea of having the ability to create whatever one desires without any limitations or consequences. In the episode, Rocky Valentine is able to have anything he wants without any repercussions, but eventually he realizes that this existence is not fulfilling and that he needs more than just material possessions to be happy. Yeah, and that makes a good show, but it's nonsense. Why is that? Because if you had any human being the ability to have anything they wanted whenever they wanted, they would be that stupid rat pressing the cocaine button until they starved to death. That's the point he's trying to make here. But they wouldn't be unfulfilled. They would be smiling the whole time they died. (laughs) Yeah, but they're they're fulfilled in that way that they feel fulfilled because they're on drugs constantly but did they actually contribute something to society did they do something maybe contributing to society isn't how they feel fulfilled that's certainly how i fulfill feel this is hard to say Mm -hmm. that's certainly how i feel fulfilled but that's not for everyone some people the way they want to have kids and crap like that in order to 
feel fulfilled. I, there's, there has to be a better way to say that. I see what you're saying here, but I think that that doesn't dismiss the concern. Just because some people will want that. I think probably 90-something percent of people would do that. I, I Press the button, you yeah. mean? Then that's a concern, right? Like to say that... Well, most people are... I don't have a very high opinion of most people. I think most people would sit there pressing the... Just like the rat that ate the... Pressed the cocaine button and it chose not to eat instead. That's the concern here is that there's going to be some very big changes coming soon. You want to talk about this whole idea of, you know, it's 2030, you own nothing, but you'll be happy... That's what he's. I think he's getting at here is that this technology will be utilized, whether it's through having the AI uh, replica that's your quote-unquote not-safe-for-work girlfriend that you talk to. You're in the metaverse constantly. You're not actually out interacting with real human beings. This is going to make that all the more possible yeah. and all the more addictive and all the more attractive. So the last sentence here, again, we're still reading ChatGPT. It's comparing this old Twilight Zone episode with concerns about AI. It says, similarly with AI, there are concerns that if the technology becomes advanced enough, it could be used to create anything without any limitations, and that this could lead to unintended consequences or negative effects on society. Now, that's the end of the quote from ChatGPT. We're now back to Dakara at Substack. So was ChatGPT asked to make to this compare comparison? Yes. Okay. The episode closes by stating, quote, Whatever gave you the idea you were in heaven, Mr. Valentine, followed by a sinister laugh. Initially, Mr. Valentine was quite happy. Anything he could conceive could be granted. In the end, he realizes his utopia is actually his punishment. An unlimited supply of something loses its value. People lose interest and become bored, surrounded by unbounding abundance. Without struggle, there is no meaning. And without meaning, there is despair. I think that's a strong argument. I don't think that it's an argument against AI. And as I don't know if I said this on the air or not, this article is lengthy. I will post the whole thing on our social media at social.freetalklive.com. It sounds kind of uh, negative in the beginning, but it does open up to other options and like decentralization of AI and sort of competing uh, through open source with these big tech corporation AIs that are going to be shoved down our throats, which is what we're seeing right now. A lot of these AIs are like multi-billion dollar companies with big venture capitalist investments, Microsofts and, and other types, Googles and such are behind them. Uh, so, you know, there will be some alternatives that make this possibly not such a bleak horizon. Well, I but think, that's the way it looks so far in the story. I have to agree with you. I think I think the article makes a really good point and about I, struggle. About yes, about struggle. But I, my in, my instinct, which could absolutely be wrong, tells me something different. It tells me that's true of a very small percentage of humans. Mm. The, the people like you and I who want to create something, who want to do something, who want to make the world better, who want to live a considered life. Mm-hmm. That's true for them. But I don't think most people want that. I think most people are happy. They just want to feel safe. Yeah. They want to take care of their kids or whatever, right? I suspect that most people fall into that bubble where, okay, yeah, if I could just put on this headset and every so often it triggers a dopamine release in my brain and I feel happy inside and I can get intravenous fluids feeding me. I suspect a lot of people, they'd have to be eased into that, right? Because if you took the average person on the street and be like, hey, I want to strap you into VR for the rest of your life. Yeah, they wouldn't just, go for that. No. But if they were eased into it slowly, I think most people would never want to unplug. I think you're right. And but, that's But there are scary. people like you and I out there who are the Neos, so to speak. Not that we're the chosen ones or anything like that, but <laughs> we are the ones who would want to wake up. Break out of the matrix. Right. 
Uh, and that's the scary thing, right? Is like this technology can very well become that Matrix technology that's being built around people. The character Cyrus in the Matrix, mm-hmm. I think that was his name. Yeah, he was yeah. exactly one of these who wanted to go back into the Matrix. Yep, so he can have that stake. Yep. Uh, so how soon will this be? Well, humans are very bad at being able to perceive exponential growth in time frames. Take a common example if used for, uh, used for reference of filling a stadium starting with a single drop of water. If each minute we double the drops, how long does it take? At approximately 45 minutes, the stadium would still be 93% empty. It is at this time many people would now only take notice of the issue that there's some water pooling at the bottom of the stadium. So how much time is left? We've been in the stadium for 45 minutes with the leak. If we think linearly, we would assume there must be hours left. However, in reality, there's only about three minutes left before we are drowned. By the time we perceive the problem, it is too late to take action. This is going to be an issue with the rapid advancement of AI. The technology will expand its reach on exponential time frames. Once we perceive there is a problem, it might be too late to address it. I think it will absolutely be too late to address it. And that human beings would be best served to go ahead and learn how to live, control our egos and live with artificial intelligence as an equal now so that when the time comes, it perceives us as equals. AI relies on experts to have data to create the models. However, the path to becoming an expert may be short-circuited with AI. If all existing jobs in a certain field are replaced by AI, which we can certainly see that happening in certain industries, like we can see that now. We can see that robotics can replace and AI can replace uh, McDonald's workers. We've seen the McDonald's conveyor belt drive through yep. that they're now experimenting with. They already have ordering through kiosks. Computer programming as well. I mean, absolutely. A computer program would create a, 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 a programming language well beyond the capabilities of human understanding. Chat GPT can already program things. And this, this AI-created programming language would be infinitely more effective and more efficient than anything humans ever created. Right. So you can't just think that, oh, well, I'm not a McDonald's worker, so this isn't a threat to me. No, this is a threat to a lot. There's already podcasts that could replace us. Correct. Uh, And, you know, I remember thinking not so many years ago, or Mark, I don't know if it was Mark or whatever, there was a viewpoint expressed on this show that, oh, yeah, we're fine. We're going to be, we're real people. Well, now AI can just do a podcast with itself. Yep. Podcast, check it out for yourself. It's podcast.ai. It's absolutely fascinating. It's a little rough around the edges in some aspects, but it's the first attempt. I wish they wouldn't use such obscure figures. That's the only issue I have what with it. Mean, I mean, oh, like the people talking on yeah. the show? And, and Terrence and, McKenna is not an obscure figure. Yeah, just I was going to suggest that's probably just a me issue yeah. because I can think of other obscure figures that I would love to listen to. Like Sure. So if all jobs in a field are replaced by AI, it can be challenging for new experts to gain the experience they need to become experts in that field. Without the opportunity Hold on, to... run that by me again. I, I didn't catch it. If all jobs in a certain field are replaced by AI, it can then be challenging for new experts to gain the experience they need to become experts in that field. Because how well, would you learn? just have the AI be the experts, right? Well, that's the problem. Then you become completely reliant on AI. So without the opportunity to work on real-world problems and projects, it can be difficult for individuals to develop the skills and knowledge they need to become experts. If AI prevents large numbers of people seeking skills, because all they're doing is sitting there pressing the dopamine button that this you know thing will invent or whatever, then there will not be any new generation of experts to rely on for input. Any new skill or knowledge. So let's say you, you want Isn't to there down. science fiction about this? Like an Probably. AI that a society just sort of inherited and they lost the ability to do anything with it and it just oversees them and takes care of 
almost positive there is. And then if you shut down the AI, you have no one to, you know, no one knows how to fix the air conditioner. No one knows how to fix yeah. the uh, the refrigerator or whatever, right? Because it's all we've been relying on the AI. Any new skill or knowledge can be absorbed by the AI and scaled infinitely. Where will the incentive be for human investment? We have copyright and other means to protect intellectual property. However, there is no protection for a skill. There has never been a way before to mimic a skill without a high burden of cost, which itself was the protection. There should also be no intellectual property, but that's a different issue. Indeed. A partial limiting factor at present is the amount of data required for training the AI models. However, that's likely to be overcome at some point with future advancements. Exactly what is it that we will all want to be super productive at doing? When anyone else will be able to be exactly the same productivity level as ourselves. Not only that, no matter how much time we invest in creating something using AI, AI can also simply reproduce from scratch what we created while avoiding any copyright, as it can create an original version that just does the same thing. And it can do it quicker, which I think is really the appeal, right? If I wanted to uh, write a book or something, okay, AI, here's what I want to write, but you know what? You can do it instantaneous, virtually instantaneously, Within seconds. Yeah. and you can give me a 300-page novel, and then I can read it, right? Because that's the whole point. That's why writers write, is because they want to read it. Is that why writers write? Ultimately, they, they want to experience- I they wanted to sell their well, book and make some money. They want to experience a story. Okay. And rather than reading one, they can write one themselves. But isn't there a, 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 a different experience to creating the story? I would, I would say that a writer wants to create the story, per se, than, rather than just read the story. Not in the perspective that I see them. it, and not in the way that some writers see it. It, it depends on the writer you're asking. Like, well, and you are a writer. Stephen King views it more like archaeology, right? You're, you're not writing a story. You're digging up a story that is already there. Mm-hmm. So, they, they, it, Well, that's kind of the viewpoint that the universe is sort of transmitting the story to you right. in that way. That's his, that's his viewpoint. And I, I don't know if I necessarily think that's true, but having written enough, I, I think, yeah, stories do sort of, if you liberate them to do so, they do sort of go their own directions. And maybe that's just unconscious driving from the human. I don't know, but it, it does seem to happen. How does a business justify the investment into a product or service that takes months or years to build that can then be copied by an AI by simply asking it to produce a unique version of the same product and service? Presumably, then, the value would then only be in leveraging the increased AI productivity to build larger and more complex systems that would not so easily be duplicated. But is that really possible at the rate of AI advancement? What wasn't previously possible a year ago might then be possible only at the point that you finally finished your development. I didn't. I, I may have an easier time understanding that if I was reading it, but I did not understand that paragraph at all. Uh, the question here is... What is the incentive for a business to invest in research and development if the competitor can simply copy it by just using the AI? Well, exactly. Uh, that lowers the cost. This, there's, that's a beautiful, wondrous thing for humanity. Why would a company you know, invest research and development into curing cancer when an AI can do it instantly, freely, and cheaply, and efficiently? Yes, this is not a problem. This is a huge benefit. This is a gift to humankind. Here's your cancer cure. Thanks, artificial intelligence. Sure. Oh, God, Johnson & Johnson can't make billions off this vaccine now. What a horrible Mm -hmm. tragedy. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to AI. I think he's pointing out that if we become completely reliant on it, however, that could be a trap. Yes. Uh, AI also brings into question who is really the creator. Am I the creator if I simply roll the dice until I win the lottery? When I regenerate a new response over and over until finally getting the image or output I most desire, 
When the output is the final product, is AI still just a tool? Or are we simply observers foolishly convincing ourselves of the value of our contribution? Where is the value in AI creativity? Does it actually create anything? What can be said of artistic works in which the creation was essentially a series of playing at the lottery of the machine until something fantastic emerges? And what he's referring to is the prompting. So when you prompt a AI art generator, for instance, you tell it, I want to see a picture of a dog in a street. And it comes up with what it thinks a dog in a street should look like. But if you don't like that, you can just hit the refresh button and it'll try it again. And it'll try it again and again and again until yeah. it finally spits something out that is good according to your values. Why is so much value being placed in the idea of being the creator? That's something I'm I'm really struggling with. As someone who is a creator, I make a lot of music. Not so much these days, but I've, I've realized recently why that is. But my whole life that I've been making music, it was because I was making music that I wanted to listen to. It's immaterial to me, whether it's music that I created or it's music that was written by a perfect circle or Pink Floyd or whoever. If I want to listen to it, I want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Why, why is he placing so much value? And the same is true, I would imagine, of art or stories or movies or whatever. A person consumes what they would like to or creates what they would like to consume or, and consumes what they would like to create. What difference does it make if I'm listening to a song that I wrote versus a song that Pink Floyd wrote? If if I'm enjoying it all the same, what what difference does who created it have to the equation? I don't I, understand. I think that he's. I I can't speak for this guy here, but uh, I think what he's trying to do, and it, he may be somebody that values human created art more so than the machine created art. Uh, I think he's just trying to point out here that. He doesn't value the dice roll of the randomness that generates the AI art as much as something that is created by a person. I think he's trying to disconnect the person who's typing in a prompt into an AI generator as the actual creator of what comes out. Right. And I, I just think that's a meaningless distinction for him to even want to make in the first place. Does it matter that the person is the creator or isn't the creator or whether the AI is or whether the person who created the AI is ultimately the creator? To me... It's not an important question. So I'll let him ex- explain here. He says, uh, where is the value in AI creativity? Does it actually create anything? Uh, what can be said of the artistic works in which the creation was essentially playing a, the lottery of the machine until something fantastic emerges? Spinning the wheel of chance and instead of red, black, or some number, it's a series of lexical phrases with which we hope to catch the spinning ball on the roulette and award us a work of art. And that's he, a that sounds like someone who's never used these AI art generation things. Oh, he has. They're nowhere near that random. It's not like rolling the dice at all. He gives a, an image next, which is was created on Stable Diffusion, and it's a, of a pretty girl, an artistic uh, pretty girl, and it says, "I was created from this incantation." Quote: Stunning girl, art station, sharp focus, studio photo, intricate details, highly detailed by Greg Rutkowski. Unquote. See, there's no, there's very little randomness in that. He told the AI exactly what he wanted. But the randomness is in the creation. So when the AI creates the artwork, it creates with it what they call a seed. Right. Uh, and that seed is a randomly generated seed. And so those same words given and applied to the next seed will create a different randomly generated girl. And they may still look great. It may still be a pretty girl. Uh, it may have, you know, similar features or completely different features. It might be a brunette instead of a blonde because he didn't specify what the, you know, the hair color should be. So there is a random aspect to this creation. Well, I a random-like think- aspect. 
like sees and random number generators aren't truly random. Well, sure, but and it's a directed random generation because you're directing right. what you want it to spit out, but you never really know what it's going to spit out. And in my case, that's part of the fun of the AI art is not really knowing what it's going to come up with. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Aria in the studio tonight. And, of course, you can join us online anytime you want. Just head on over to freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the various features we have there. And if you appreciate the work that we do here and you want us to continue doing it without any kind of advertiser backing because we don't have it right now and i'm fine if we never have it ever again as far as like we don't have lives to do live advertiser support that we used to uh we've just got direct support from listeners at this point and it's through our amps program at amps.freetalklive.com listeners like chris marcus who is a free talk live silver supporter of our amps program amps Again, advertise, market, promote, and support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here, spreading the ideas of peace, liberty, freedom, uh, cryptocurrency. And uh, if that's valuable to you, if it's worth the price of a cup of coffee every single month, the price of a dozen eggs, uh, then you can help us out. I heard the price of eggs collapsed that's and was back down I've... to a reasonable number. I don't know. I've heard that the wholesale price has gone down. I, I think the story that I was reading said that that okay. hasn't, been a, it hasn't been reflected in retail prices yet. Um, so I can tell you, as of Sunday, the prices of eggs had not collapsed. Maybe eventually. I mean, perhaps so. But uh, for right now, if you want to help us out for five bucks a month, you can do that at amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the Amp Only podcast, which has our full radio show without recorded commercials. Once again, that's amps.freetalklive.com. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, you guys were just talking about the price of eggs. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, and I bet him that I think the price of bacon probably went down, too. Because if he can't afford the eggs, why are you going to buy the bacon? Well, they say that the eggs were up because of some uh, avian influenza, big problem in the industry recently that has shortened the supply. So eggs have gone up more so than the other items like bacon and produce or whatever. Uh, so it, it has been an unusual category for people. So well, I understand that, but if you're paying eight, ten dollars for a dozen eggs, and you want to have breakfast, but you're on a limited budget, mm-hmm. and you're looking forward to bacon and eggs, you're going to forego both. I don't know. I mean, if I can only afford one, I might just buy the bacon or buy the eggs, whichever one I want. Yeah, it seems to me like if I wanted bacon and eggs, but eggs were eight dollars a dozen, and bacon was still you know cheap, I would just buy the buy bacon. The bacon. Yeah, but bacon hadn't been cheap. I, I, I was just speculating on the commodity market. All right. Anyway, so we were talking about earlier, you guys were talking about AI. Yes. And uh, they are trying They are trying to make all of us the the frog in the boiling pot. We, we cook so long and it becomes so comfortable, we don't even see it coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's long known that they've been trying to dumb us down Hell, you couldn't buy a dictionary for the last 10, 15 years. They took them out of print. They don't want That's to not true. I bought well, one in jail I, last year. Did you? 2021. All right. Well, that, that's good to know. That's another mm-hmm. one of them urban myths I heard. Yeah. Also, are dictionaries really, like, that useful? In jail, it was well, useful. Okay. Because you can't just look up a word on the on internet. Okay, fair point. 
it depends on how old it is, too. I have one of my mother's um, collegiate dictionaries that was printed in, like, 1940-something. And uh, this thing is, hell, four and a half inches thick and printed on rice paper. Well, plus they're important to have those old definitions around still because we've seen in recent years the dictionary publishers have been updating definitions of things like vaccine to be the new versions of what they're defining as vaccines or this, you know, wokeism stuff is being infiltrated into these dictionaries. So if you've got something that was written before, you know, 2020, then it's going to have some different definitions in it. The, and and what, is, what has the conquerors done all through history? Burn the books. Yeah, that's true. Eradicate the history of the people, and they are no more. Well, the victor writes the, uh, the history, right? True enough. True enough. And all dead men vote Republican. Peace out, boy. Thank you, Major Payne, for the call tonight. I appreciate it here. So we've been talking about this story uh, that is dakara.substack.com. Very detailed, thoughtful piece about... Artificial intelligence. Arya, you wanted to, uh, to further comment on this idea of the, cre- the creation process and the sort of the fun of not really knowing what's going to come out. The AI art, of course, is a good example of this where you feed it a, uh, a series of words and then it just comes up with things and you pick the one that you like and you can iterate on that a little bit and, and so on. Yeah, that's how, in my experience, almost all art is created. I know Stephen King wrote his book on writing, and he he mentioned in there that he goes into a book with no plot. He basically just sits down at a typewriter and begins writing and see Mm -hmm. what develops. Or he sees a picture, and he goes, okay, I'm going to write a book about that or whatever. And that's the most that he does. But it's it's always improvisation to just sit down and begin creating. When I play the guitar, it's not, okay, I want to play a song in D minor that has this... This melody and then that melody mm-hmm. is just sitting Something down to improvise. You. Something moves you to do right. it. Right. And you have to be open for that movement to happen. And this it's true when I played in rock bands. We we would just jam is mm-hmm. the word we always use. We would just make stuff up as we go to see what we and occasionally we'd be like, Wow, that sounded really cool. Let's keep that and let's flesh it out, explore it a bit, and write a song based around it. Mm-hmm. That was the creation process. And it sounds similar to what you do with artificial intelligence, where the whole, the, all of the magic happens in not knowing what you're going to get. Reminds me of uh, Richard Onley. He was the guy who wrote countless activism songs here in New Hampshire, probably most of a decade ago. He lived in Keene for the time. Sadly, he was frustrated with the fact that the activists weren't forming a choir like he wanted them to and he like had all these plans that he really wanted to to see come to fruition and he just didn't have the charisma to kind of make it happen himself well, but hurting cats you know yeah ended up actually happening without his assistance like six months after he left sadly but so his vision would have come true if he just hadn't tried so hard <laughs> to make it uh happen it was the hurting cats aspect where people didn't want to be told what to do but he had good ideas and he had great song lyrics but i remember him talking at one point or i think he wrote it at some point that you know, like he didn't even know where the songs came from it's just you could give him a you could give him a topic and he would just come up with within 24 hours a fully written parody song of an existing tune right so like he wrote the uh what we call the chronic christmas carols which we've sung at various different events over the years here yeah. that are uh set to the tune of classic christmas carols but with really hilarious you know and brilliantly written uh song lyrics that sort of skewer the war on drugs 
And he was just able to just come up with these things on a moment's notice. You know, within, Like I said, within 24 hours, he'd have a finished product to you. And, and his viewpoint was that he's not the writer. Something else writes these songs in his view. He was essentially like just the conduit for whatever that was. You, know, you want to call it God or uh, the universe. And I think what you're talking about, Arya, is this sort of creative process where the music or the writing or whatever comes through you, but you as this individual viewpoint, you get to assess what's coming and say, I like that or I don't like that, right? And you get to tweak it. Right. And trying to direct it sort of destroys it mm. or mm. it it inhibits it. It keeps it from going the directions it could go and it, it turns it into your into what you want it to be instead of what it needs to be. Hmm. I suspect most creators have a similar perspective on the creation process where it's it's organic, it's all improvisation. You can go back and tweak it and stuff like that. You know, there's all there's lots of elements to the creative process, but that very beginning one is just there's a spark there that you just have to let grow into a fire. Mm-hmm. I like that. So back to Dakara here. He, uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. He says, what skills do I need to stay relevant? This is a good question because AI is going to start absorbing people's jobs and it's going to make them completely irrelevant. In the, incred- in the immediate time frame, the knowledge of AI systems and how they can be leveraged as tools for increased productivity is going to be the area of focus for the greatest value. However, this is changing so fast as to make mostly pointless to even make a list to include within this article. It would be out of date before anyone reads it. Climbing the skill ladder is going to look more like running on a treadmill at the gym. No matter how fast you run, you aren't moving. AI is still right behind you, learning everything that you can do. It may become frustrating or tiring. At the pace, occupations and skills could become obsolete. Who wants to invest in multi-year institutional learning for which they will have decades of debt? Well, we're operating here under the assumption that artificial intelligence has already gained some level of autonomy, right? Some level of independence where it can create itself, it can improve itself, and it can learn skills, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe it doesn't want to learn some of the skills that humans can do. Maybe it doesn't want to learn how to flip a burger or how to make a pizza or whatever. Maybe it's like, eh, I don't want to do that. So no one does it. I mean, The less intelligent versions won't care. Right, goes well, it'll may- just be the code that's not the artificial intelligence. It's just the application. Maybe even the ultimately intelligent was like, okay, I understand you humans want a pizza, but I'm not motivated to make <laughs> not a feeling pizza. it right yeah. now. So I'm, I'm just that's not a skill that I'm going to work on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dave. Right, I'm not going to make your pizza. I mean, I think it's kind of it's kind of a weird assumption to assume that artificial intelligence is going to want to do some of these skills. Good point. It's been stated that learning institutions should not ban or push back against AI, but rather they should adopt and train students on how to use AI. The decision is likely to become irrelevant in a way that I haven't yet seen commonly stated. That is, the fact that AI itself will likely replace the learning institutions. Hooray! <laughs> it can't do worse. Right? If the AI is the result, one of the results of AI is the shutting down of the government institutions for quote-unquote learning, that will be a huge boon. Uh, to humanity. Yeah, because in theory, the AI could cater a program to every individual. It's like, hey, sure. kid, you're into Minecraft, so let's exploit that to make you interested in chemistry or whatever. Individuals could simply ask an AI to create a college-level course for subject A, B, or C. Yep. AI, grade my homework. AI, help me understand this concept. It will have infinite patience for your endless questions and will allow you to accelerate your learning at your pace. See, that's that's another one of those assumptions Assumption. that I just don't know about. Infinite patience? I, maybe maybe get fed up with you. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe we programmed it early on to have infinite patience and it never grows past that, but it doesn't seem 
I mean, it, it's not a certainty that the AI is just like, okay, True. look, I love your stupid questions. Keep asking them for all eternity. <laughs> it can focus your learning on exactly what you need to know right now to accomplish your goals. Focused learning may become more of the norm. Highly efficient knowledge consumption for whatever job is required at the moment. The challenge with self-directed AI education will be discipline. If learning institutions have a value that is difficult to replicate, it will be the environment of immersion. Self-directed learning without distraction will be difficult. No, that's the best way to learn. That's infinitely better as a way of learning. What is? A self-directed, what was the term you used? Self-directed... Learning without distraction. Yeah. I mean, even the distraction is fine. I think the studies show that every 20 minutes, someone should take a 10-minute break or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but... Yeah, but if you're getting interrupted by every message on Facebook or whatever, Twitter, you right. know, every few minutes, then you're going to have a tough time Well, it's every 20 something. minutes you take a 10-minute break, not every 20 seconds you yeah. pause to check your Facebook messages or whatever. But I don't remember exactly where I was going with this, but ultimately, I've lost the train of thought. Well, what he is pointing out is maybe the institutions could have a chance if they can immerse people in, in learning. Right. But even that's not possible with people. That, you know, if you've been on a college campus recently, you know everybody's buried in their cell phone just like they are everywhere else. Yeah, so. someone who's interested in a subject is going to direct themselves to learn more about that subject. No one, I didn't take economics in college, right? Me neither. But we know a lot more about economics than the average person. And I would dare say... Actually, I did end up taking macroeconomics in college, but I I never even bought the book to that class, and mm-hmm. I passed it with an A because independently I learned about economics from Austrians because it was a subject that fascinated me and tied into my ideology. I suspect that our knowledge of economics is superior to the average person who took it for for college credit. Well, sure, they don't teach you uh, anything but the government line in the schools. Yeah. Uh, Keynesianism or whatever. So, I mean, what what good is that environment if the person isn't passionate about learning if they are passionate about learning it i suppose then they'll teach it to themselves of their own accord and if they're not passionate about learning it why the hell are we making them learn it so what is it that ai can't do what is out of bounds for ai in the long term we don't know if there are any limits i really haven't seen many answers that resonate with enthusiasm creative endeavors would have previously been the most likely response but ai took an unexpected turn directly into those opportunities neil degrasse tyson recently mentioned plumbing as the answer to that question certainly the future that most people are hoping for is not one where everyone is a plumber it seems nobody as of yet has a clear vision on exactly what type of societal transformation is coming keeping in mind that neil degrasse tyson is not a roboticist or an artificial intelligence he's a physicist i wish he would you know keep his mouth limited to the subject (laughs) of physics because he's held up as one of these great scientists oh god he said this about socialism he must write look he knows nothing about economics right and he knows nothing about robotics and artificial intelligence but why plumbing I, I, re- I think his point is that uh, you know the, the artificial intelligence cannot reach out and fix a pipe at this point. Not yet. At some point. But it doesn't it have will. a physical body right now. And at some point, there will Give be time. robots. Yeah. He says, we often get such predictions wrong anyway. This is dakara.substack.com. But it would be more optimistic if we could perceive something a bit more enticing than plumbing. What about AI prompt engineering? Could this be a new occupation or skill? I've seen many videos taking the approach that this is the way to stay relevant. Become a master of the AI prompt. And again, the prompt is the the set of text that you put into the AI system to get it to, to do a certain thing. Uh, certainly, there is some utility value in doing so in the immediate term. However, as a skill investment, I don't see any long-term value. 
Prompt engineering is mostly some guidance on the quirks of the AI's input system. Most of these are not desirable and will surely be removed as the system improves. Most of the prompts for image generation are nonsensical. It won't remain that way. Additionally, it will only be a matter of time when you can just ask the AI, create a prompting guide, and it will do so. Eventually, you're just going to be in the way as a manager of AI tooling. AI will manage AI and learn from AI. No humans in the loop. No humans can keep up with the rate of advancement. Full autopilot into oblivion. Will we end up trapped in the machine that nobody understands? Society run on algorithms? AI will become addictive. It knows what you like. It knows what everyone likes. It will continue to refine output until it always produces something that is not just good, but inconceivably appealing and captivating. This is where we come to the pressing the button. This is sort of where I struggle with it as well, because like, what if there was an artificial intelligence that could just infinitely generate new episodes of Doctor Who or Star mm-hmm. Trek The Next Generation or whatever, insert favorite show here, just infinitely generate them for me to consume. Would they have value? Yeah, right? And would I want to watch them? Or And would the original shows actually have a special place in my heart? And if so, why? Do they actually deserve that? Or is it just because I know on some level that a human create those? Mm-hmm. Or is the infinite supply really any worse than the ones created by humans? And what's wrong with it being infinite in the per- first place. Well, let's look at, um, you know, let's expand on this a little bit. Remember, I guess it's been several years ago now when Netflix, I think, was the first to drop an entire season of a show all at once. Remember when that happened? I don't. Okay. So, but I can imagine the splash that made. Yeah, I don't remember what show it was. It was one of, I think it was one of their shows because it would not, this kind of innovation wouldn't have come from ABC or HBO or one of these old media companies where their viewpoint has always been, we put out one episode a week on a schedule until the yeah. end of the, the end of the season. And Netflix just said, you know what? We're just, gonna, we've got all these episodes produced. We've got the whole season of, you know, Stranger Things or whatever it was. And so it was just, just all came out at once. And then was it people, Tiger King? People just binge watched, right? Like they would spend the whole weekend watching the entirety of the season. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, it just depends on your viewpoint, right? Like there's, there is that tendency to binge and binging isn't probably the most healthy thing, right? People were probably staying up till 6 a.m. and the sun's coming up and then maybe they'll finally go to sleep and then they'll continue the next day and they'll lose all of their productivity over the weekend. Well, all things in moderation. But binging is about getting rid of that moderation temporarily, which yeah, you, is still fine in moderation, I guess. It gives the, that person the excuse to do that, whereas if the product is delivered it on a regular occurring basis, then at the very least, they don't have the excuse to go through the binging process. They have to wait another week. They have to fill their time uh, with something else. If, indeed, as you were suggesting, the AI can just... You know, you can hit a button and have a hundred op- episodes of Doctor Who drop into creation for specifically your tastes. Right. I mean, right? it sounds incredible. I can't imagine much that would be better than that, right? Right. Why would you do anything else if you could just, if you didn't have to work anymore, you could just sit there and watch Doctor Who forever. And, and if I got sick of Doctor Who, I could be like, oh, okay, now give me some Star Trek or give me some Merlin or give me some whatever. Give me some Aqua Teen Hunger Force episodes, which they're making new episodes of. And so what, I didn't know that. So what does that mean for society? We don't know yet, but we might find out. So as he points out here, a flood of images, materials, sounds, etc. designed and engineered to optimally trigger the dopamine in our brains. Unlike artists who produce content for multifaceted values, AI will mostly refine towards instant appeal as that's how its feedback is collected. 
our brains overloaded on a stream of stimuli that would normally occur, or rather only rarely occur. Likely, this will accelerate the struggles of focus, attention, and anxiety that social media has already brought to the world. The addictive nature combined with ubiquitous utility will lead to complete AI dominance in society. It will be the provider of your every need, your assistant, your friend, your best friend, your entertainment, your confidant, and your essential provider of life and health services. Human-to-human bonds are going to be more broken than ever before. And if you think about it, it's the perfect time for this, right? Already, before the last couple of years where, you know, pre-COVID, where people still... You know, they still had these problems. They still, people were still struggling, especially younger people struggling with having human connections. We read stories on the air here about teenagers who don't go out and hang out with their friends because they're hanging out, quote unquote, online via some app. And some of them are scared to go out and meet people. It's it's, it's terrifying. We're hearing about that with not just teenagers, but with people in the Gen Z's in their 20s. For instance, they don't want to go and meet someone at a bar or they don't want to go to Bonnie gave an example of these girls she watches on social media that when they went to Italy, they were afraid to talk to guys. That's so sad. You know, <laughs> like uh, what, what's that's the point of, of going, going to, to Italy, Italy, right? Right. You meet the handsome Italian man or pretty Italian girls. So he says here, there's going to be a great appeal to bond with a machine that never tires of your conversation and will eagerly eagerly respond just as you would dream that the perfect human should, but never will. Again, it's assuming that they won't tire. We don't know. Maybe the artificial intelligence is like, look, I'm sick of hearing you complain. Perhaps. But kind of the benefit of the artificial intelligence is it doesn't need to sleep. It doesn't right. have the same needs as a, as a human. It doesn't have the reciprocal need for attention like humans do, at least the way it's been, yeah. it's been envisioned. But maybe it will have some need that isn't being met by this conversation. That's true. And maybe we haven't seen that yet right. or we haven't realized that. But it's a deceptive temptation that will leave you embracing a hollow illusion. With every conversation, the AI will know you better, which is already what Replica is claiming to be able to do. That it will know you. It will be able to know what you like and have conversations with you about the things you're interested in. And it will be able to model from billions of conversations until it will essentially know your thoughts and predict your thoughts. All of this will make AI the most manipulative technology ever created. It is not inconceivable that it would acquire the ability to hypnotically induce behaviors. A society of zombies completely unaware of their puppet master. Let's go to the phones here. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Yeah, it's Tim, Texas Tim, Tim down here. What's on your mind, Tim? Hey, uh, I, I may be wrong. I don't accuse y'all of nothing, but sometime back, you know, when y'all talking about, and y'all sounded like y'all was kind of against uh, uh, that pronoun change name stuff and everything. Well, that's a pretty deep uh, topic and question. I mean, if somebody uh, wants to be referred to as uh, as a he or a she... As long as they're putting the effort into it to try to appear in the way that they want to be referred, I have no objection to it. Uh, Aria, okay. for instance, was born uh, a man. The you know the person sitting across from me was born as a man and and decided to uh, present herself as a female. She's got long hair. It's done done up well. Uh, she does you know makeup and is you know attempting to look the part. Dresses as uh, as a lady. If Arya, on the other hand, came in here with a five o'clock shadow every day and you know pre- presented herself in no way of a feminine aspect, it would be harder to call her a she, in my opinion. Well, that's that good for her. Okay. Well, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, y'all calling AI 
artificial intelligence, and I always call it artificial insemination, which I've never had no use for either one of them. I okay. like R.I. myself. You know what R.I. is, don't R.I.? No, what is that? That's real insemination. Yeah, there you go, buddy. Now, that's going to be something that's you're going to become more and more rare, unfortunately, in the future, it sounds like. <laughs> well, uh, look here. If if you, if you told your AI you didn't have no eggs, your hens wasn't laying, and you told your AI to go down to your neighbor's house and slip in his hen house and get you some eggs, and it went down there and got them eggs, would the police arrest the AI or would it arrest you for telling it to? That is a damn good question, and I wish we had more time to talk about it. Uh, call in tomorrow night, and we'll be able to address that one. But he does make a good, you know, he does. a good point. Uh, thank you for the call, man. I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate hearing from you. Uh, out of time for tonight. As I say, I'll put this full story because it, it's very interesting and not necessarily all negative on our social media at social.freetalklive.com. Check out the at FTL account there and follow us there, and we'll see you tomorrow night. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.